Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast brought to you by Training Northwest, of which I am the owner. You can check all that out at trainingnorthwestllc.com. Uh, before we get into the show intro today, we're going to talk about Allegiance Holsters. They are a North Carolina-based small business uh, who have supported um, myself and also uh, Greg's Guns and Geese. And you can find them at allegianceholsters.com. They have uh, inside the belt concealed carry, outside the belt range training holsters, and they also sell uh, individual first aid kits, IFACs, the, like the type that you put on your duty belt. Or even if you just want the vacuum sealed uh, package, I think it comes from North American Rescue. Those inserts? Yeah, yeah, which it doesn't have to go on a, on a tactical belt. That can go in your backpack or in your glove box. Uh, so there, there's a lot of reasons to have one of those uh, prepackaged IFACs on you. Uh, Mike, yes. what did we talk about in this episode? Uh, this was a fun episode. Roundtables uh, are my favorite. Uh, this episode, I think we started with uh, saying how great the gym was and how much better we are because we have nice amenities, like yeah. uh, what we just participated in, a cold plunge and a sauna. Yep. Uh, we talked about uh, the decline of journalism and decline of healthcare and doctors and age groups struggling from older generations to understand what's happening currently. And then we talk Pleistocene and previous people, extinction events, all the fun UFO talk all, afterwards. All, all the fun topics. All right, guys, it was another uh, philosophic slash humorous episode. Enjoy it. So I don't know the first damn thing about marketing and how you would go from, you know, 14 people listen to the show to getting, you know, other, other than people sending it to their friends. That, that's the only way I yeah. can think of that. Uh, well, I mean, I think you could like blast social media, Twitter, Instagram, those forms of things. Um, also, I imagine the more of a whale of a guest you could get, the more downloads you'll get or cross platforms. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, there's no way. Oh, yeah. No, we pulled ahead. <laughs> Somehow Jordan brought up a uh, Is that Apple Podcast Like uh, no, downloads it's, No it's, it's, it's some obscure oh, I think it's that's Podbean Alright somehow there were more downloads Of the uh, Enlightened Neanderthals than, than Endless Endeavor Which definitely is not correct <laughs> We're catching up Greg watch out <laughs> oh, So oh. funny Yeah so what are we talking about today We just got done with uh Kind of a brutal session there. I'm in a haze right now, gentlemen, and I'm, I am sober, but I feel Mike's I feel very off at the moment. I'm going to be honest. He's in his refractory period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need yeah. a turkey sandwich and a nap right now. You know, it's we're pretty lucky to have access to that at the jujitsu gym. Yeah. Um, not so. What we just got done doing is a um, a sauna and then a cold plunge, and we did um, three repetitions going back and forth. Uh, and I feel phenomenal yes. personally, but I mean, how how many jujitsu gyms have that at no. their fingertips? No, and and Greg has even said he wants Electric North to be like one of the premier gyms in the nation, and stuff like that is exactly like think about what's going on here this evening. If there's an unofficial no gi session going down with a couple of the couple of the regular dudes, or we're out there rolling. We're all rolling in to do a sauna and uh, cold plunge session, and it's all just sort of informal. 
and the gym's just kind of open, and it's a really cool environment um, to be part of. Yeah? Absolutely. Well, and think of, like you said, Greg wants it to be a kind of unlike any other gym with all its amenities, but every gym I've ever gone to in my life, it's about, okay, destroy yourself, destroy yourself, destroy yourself, lift this weight, lift this weight. Now go home and figure out recovery on your own or nutrition. And to have someone that's promoting things like the cold plunge and the sauna and all those tools for stretching and the iron neck. And I mean, it's just to make an overall well-rounded athlete with longevity and Mm -hmm. tough, make them tougher, make them better, make them stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's stuff down there that I haven't got a chance to use. I haven't used the iron neck. I haven't used any of the weight setup that he's got down there at all that rope it's a nice rope machine that that uh bench that whole the whole deal he's got down there is nice yeah but um the um those on it like uh, oh those hammers those bats club, like the clubs them, yeah. yeah oh those maces is or, that what they're yeah yeah, the yeah, maces? yeah i haven't used one of those i'm, I'm excited to grab a hold of one of those and just kind of see what that feels like um but yeah i mean just the, just having that stuff you, i feel so lucky because yeah. uh, you know i i I've been at gyms where that stuff is available. Um, that's old and kind of beat up and it's like, you know, it's just yeah. not, you know, this is just fresh and everything's nice. Um, but I've never been anywhere that had a sauna and a cold plunge and, yeah. and like a rack of massaging devices and, um, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like we, well, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday we came in and, and they got done with kickboxing in here. Let me, let me tell you what's in his sock drawer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Massaging well, there, there was, yeah, it's a personal massage device. And this uh, flashlight looks weird. <laughs> so I got a story about that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So buckle up. All right. Uh, round table. These yeah, are my favorite episodes. We, uh, I'm a kid, right? And there is a couch. That I am sleeping on, and you, as you do, like as you're a kid, you kind of start reaching down into cracks of the couch and whatnot. <laughs> oh yeah. And I pull out what I know to be a vibrator of this fucking couch. Yeah. We just got this couch, like just got this couch. <laughs> Sweet crap. But it was used. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. In my, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my great aunt gave us that couch. Oh, oh <laughs> no. Fuck. Yeah, thanks. Easter's probably awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. When uh so I do a lot of work for um auto body shops and dealerships for insurance work, but I used to do a lot more dealership and I got to know some of the mechanics at some of the places and we had a car come in one time and this lady's like, dude, there's something wrong with my car. There is a rattling sound and I don't know if it's a speaker that's blown or something like it's, it just, this sounds off. This is a brand new car. I just, I just bought it. This shouldn't be happening. You're like, all right, ma'am, drop your car off in the morning at the service department bring it in the guys they look and it's coming from like the trunk and like they couldn't quite find it and so like they had to pull back some of the paneling and they found a vibrator that was on and it was just <laughs> between the like the paneling and the car itself Oh weird! and they said when they the lady's like like because she came in all huffy puffy she's like this brand new car i want it to work blah 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 
And she comes back to pick up the car. And they're like, she's like, do you figure it out? And they handed her a paper bag. And she opened it, and her face just turned beet red. And she's just looking at the oh ground. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's weird, though, because, like, we don't have to really worry about that. Like, I feel like women, like, all women have a sex toy. You know what I mean? Like, every woman's nightstand has... A forty-five and a blue <laughs> dolphin. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, guys don't really have that. No. And if yeah, you do, could, they're out there, you're a freak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Dude, we used to, when guys were rotating home from, uh, from Iraq when we were uh, contracting with the agency, you had to take a, you would take a chartered flight from Baghdad to Germany. And from there, you would go through, uh, like, their version of TSA and get on a, a civilian flight back to the U S and so we would, it was like a known prank that we would hide shit that would get you in trouble with TSA and people's <laughs> suitcases. So you knew you're like, all right, when I get back to Baghdad, I got to go through my, through my bags, make sure nothing's hidden in there. But one dude who didn't check his bags, we wrapped a big dildo in tinfoil <laughs> and put it. So it looked like a package of like a bomb. heroin or something. Yeah, exactly. And we know it's going to hit the metal detector. So he gets to the airport. He's telling us later. And, uh, you know, his, his suitcase gets scanned and they pull it off and call over a supervisor, you know, and they're kind of pointing at it and talking. They come ask him to open the little little tiny padlock. So he opens it. He says they reach in and pull out this tinfoil wrapping, right? He's like, man, I knew. As soon as they pulled that out, I knew it was you guys. <laughs> He's like, and I, I knew that whatever was in there was going to be really embarrassing. Oh, and so, so funny. They unwrap it, look, look surprised, rewrap it, put it back in the suitcase. So now he doesn't know. Yeah, and he yeah. can't ask because he can't say, hey, listen, I didn't put that in there. Yeah. Now he's got to wait till he gets back to D.C. to claim his suitcase <laughs> and open it up. Oh, oh so my funny. God. Uh, sitting on that fucking flight the whole time, just wondering. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Was, it, was there... You guys did that pretty much every time, though, huh? Yeah, I mean, you knew. I, every once in a while, we'd let someone get out of there without... Like, there's one dude who still gets pulled out of the security line because we put a fire extinguisher in his bag, which, so, again, they, he hit, He knows, though. He should have checked his bag. Like, he hits customs in Germany, and he's got, like, a pressurized device, right? So now he's on the list where any time he goes to security... <laughs> yeah. uh, I was worried there's going to be inboard fire. Sorry, Rick. Oh my god, oh, so funny! It's got to be. I worked for an airport for a while in high school, and it was smaller. Like uh, we we refueled float planes and we launched float planes out of uh, Renton Municipal Airfield in Lake Washington. So at seventeen, I'm driving around a ten thousand gallon fuel truck <laughs> filling up airplanes, and then I'm taxiing float planes down the runway in this weird little truck and oh, launching shit. them. It was a fun one, but uh, we had to work with customs and stuff, and you would just see all kinds of different people getting flown. They would get flown to Alaska for fishing trips or in the San Juans or Canada with these float planes because they could go remote, remote places. But, like, I don't know, one time we picked up, like, just these guys, these Mexican guys that couldn't even speak, like, didn't speak a word of English, and some rich white guy dropped him off, and he goes, they're here to help build golf courses. 
And it's like, what uh, is this? What is this kind human of human trafficking? Kind of really front or like their drug, like in the business or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of weird. Like you see so many different people and like, you have to think like these stories of TSA agents <laughs> and opening packages. I mean, just the sheer number of the people that have to come through, like you're in Washington DC and it's like, you have to bump in a spy eventually the sheer numbers of them are there. Oh yeah. Oh well. I mean, so it's like if you're in that transportation business, eventually you're gonna come across weirdos or freaks or find stuff in their bags or just not all people going through the airport. Yeah, but isn't there like some sort of statistic that like there's never been somebody that's actually been caught by DSA or some crazy yeah, thing they've, like they've that? Never since nine eleven, they they ramped up all this crazy, insane since or know, before, right? Because. They didn't what? exactly catch those guys. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like after 9-11, they ramped up all this extra security and made it a giant pain in the ass to get through the airport, but they haven't ever actually stopped anything. Yeah. Like, there's no. never been a big bust by TSA. Even, wasn't the shoe bomber post 9-11? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was right so in their own missed, backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some guy trying to light his Nikes up, yeah. you know? Well, what, what was that? I didn't... The shoe bomber? No, I didn't know about it. Are you serious? No. He, he had his, like, the heel of his shoe stuffed full of uh, Semtex. And he was trying, like, somebody in, sitting next to him, like, tackled him because he, he had a lighter and he was literally trying to, like, <laughs> light it a fuse. It had a fuse like an M80 coming out yeah. of his shoe. Yeah. And he was going to light it. No. It was right in Seattle at the airport here. And he's going to light his foot on He fire. was on the plane doing it, and someone looked over and they saw him doing it. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? They saw there's, like, a fuse in his shoe. And they tackled him and took yeah. his lighter away, and they pulled him off, and his shoes were full of explosive. Yeah, the shoe bomber. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's, how you're, that's how you're known when you're in prison. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you for? Shoey. I'm, I'm the yeah. shoe bomber. Like, yeah, it's like the lamest villain nickname ever. The shoe bomber. The yeah. Shoe bomber. I'm the mad shoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. well, we came in without a plan today. Although I feel like there's a lot going on between uh i mean like politically you have the biden family being outed as with all these illegal payments and then you have the border has become wide open freaking more banks you know small level banks failed last week fucking uh we're on a great trajectory <laughs> boys yeah. things are things, things are looking up apparently cnn gave donald trump like a 60-minute town hall <laughs> spotlight meeting. Like, to make him look fuck? like a badass yeah, yeah. he yeah. crushed them yeah I mean, and he you, crushed them. It on can't that have interview. been a, like they can't be that dumb to think that it was like they put people who support him in the crowd, and then that's that's their I, business, right? Yeah. They know what they're but doing. It, it yeah, was, but they it, it was up it was the highest again. ratings they've had in like two years. Oh yeah. So maybe they're real. Maybe they're. How, Are they going to jump on the Trump train? How fucking wild would it be if <laughs> CNN jumped on the Trump train, dude? Now they cut because they tried to do damage control. Because what's his name? Uh, Jake Tapper. I don't know. Or who's still on know. there? He had some they, show, and he's they like fired one of their guys, Don Lemon. Oh yeah, Don it's, Lemon went because he said women were past their prime in their forties. <laughs> but that was the same day he got fired. That Tucker, yeah, and Tucker seems like starting something on Twitter, yeah. or he's releasing a show on yeah. There. And then Twitter—that's another weird one—is Elon Musk has hired a World Economic Forum person to be the new CEO, which is. I heard he picked a new CEO. I have no clue who it was. She, she's she's on the board of the WEF. Is she over 40? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> she passed her pride. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to run this thing right in the ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of like crazy shit going on in the wide world. 
I don't know. We, Do you we, know more about the lady he picked? Do you know much about her? Or what? No, only that there's a bunch yeah. of uh, turmoil and controversy because she's part of the WEF, hmm. where Elon was supposedly bringing transparency and free speech back to Twitter. Now he's bringing in someone from an organization that believes in control and sort of like dominance of speech rather than... And so it's, it's, it's a weird segue from the direction he was taking Twitter. One could only hope he's doing 3D chess and trying to work something from the inside, or, yeah. you know, because I do feel Elon was great for buying Twitter. I mean, in time when it, you know, the word fake news was screamed everywhere. And yeah. I mean, Twitter now fact checks everyone, whether it's Biden or yeah. Trump, which yeah. is nice. It's like, it's let's awesome. have a little, you know, common ground to yeah. fight on. Fighting has to happen. You know, debate should be a real thing, but yes. let's have it be a real debate instead of propping up one side of an argument give me both yeah yeah and i'm honestly surprised it took this long for fox and cnn to sort of crumble because i think even people who watched it i think realized that it was just propaganda yeah you know what i mean like even if you had your chosen cnn or fox news whichever side you liked i think everybody in the back of their mind was still kind of like all right i know this is half-cooked information well okay cool here, right away, here we go into an idea. So I kind of struggle with talking politics with my dad and my stepmom because my my dad grew up, I think he was born like 50, and he went to Woodstock and stuff like that, and he's a very, he became an electrical engineer. He's very smart. My stepmom was a journalist and editor. She worked for newspapers. She grew up with, like, presidents, um, people in power growing up in D.C. I mean, she grew up very affluent and interwoven in the system. And with them, they have such a regard for the positions of government and for the positions of the news. And sometimes I feel it's hard for them, one, to keep up with the pace of news because I get all these different feeds. And so I'm constantly, I'm kind of a news junkie. I like pop culture and news I and what's going on. I want to be, on. I just don't know what I can trust anymore. So I find that. myself going, I want to read this article, but does should I even read it? Because I, it yeah, you should. be complete bullshit. You should read the far left, the far right, and the middle and form your own opinion. I only have so much Yeah, time. how much time do you want to spend doing it, though? I mean, don't get me wrong. If, yeah. you're in, if you enjoy it, that's Yeah, yeah, thing, it's kind but, of my little... But uh, to what you know, Tobin's saying is like, at what point do you believe any of it you know See, but obviously that's you have to for, form your own opinion but like i i also don't want to be misled and yeah. unfortunately it's easy to get misled if like you know you but that's what i mean like that. it's good to see what new journalism is like a Gr glenn greenwald a matt taibbi like this new culture of journalism there, yes. exists so, i want to go back just a second because you were talking about how um uh, an older generation, they have this sort of reverence for journalism and for uh, government, government and stuff. And so, yeah. I mean, even pre-2019, I, I shouldn't say pre-2019, I kind of knew it was a little bit of bullshit. You know, 10 When Trump ago. came in in 16, it all really changed. And right. that news cycle because hype. Because they, they were almost calling Hillary the president the day before. Yeah. And I went to bed that night going, all right, well, tomorrow it's going to be Hillary Clinton. Everybody's yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, first woman president. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. if you're fit for the job, you're fit for the job. Yeah. Um, That's the, this is the, but, that was the first election I watched. Is that right? Actually sat down and fucking Hillary watched. and Trump? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I saw it at a... Uh, 
Bob's Burgers and Brew with my wife. We went <laughs> shopping, and they're like, let's get a beer. And like, it's election night. And we just ate cheeseburgers and drank beer and watched as Donald Trump won. It was the most, the most surreal, yeah. Yeah. surreal yeah. thing ever That's, happened. I'm like, right. he's our he's our president now. Yeah. Um, but, man, the one thing I actually say is one of the biggest casualties of the entire COVID debacle is – the la- is it's like the death of public trust in uh, media and journalism and uh, doctors and the healthcare uh, our system. Health, our, you think that's a problem? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because I would say in 2019, yes. if you had asked me, what do you think about some medical issue, and then said the the World Health Organization or the CDC says this, and I would have answered you. You should probably listen to the experts because these people all went to school for this. This is their life. This is what mm-hmm. they do. And if you ask me in 2023, hey, the CDC says this, I'd say, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Whatever they say, you should really go <laughs> kind the of exactly. And the same thing for journalism. Like we used to, journalism yeah. used to be sort of this higher calling. So Jordan's yes. a little younger. Mike remembers this, where it was like, Hey, if you want to go into journalism, it's kind of prestigious because you don't make a lot of money, but it's there's a lot of um, you're supposed to have a lot of honor and honesty, yes. yeah, and sort of be un unswayable. And so we held journalism in this high 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 regard, yeah, which as we should have. And again, not 2019, uh, they it's more of a slow slide with them. Where I think I remember I was sitting in Greg's parents' living room watching Fox News as Geraldo Rivera was like, I'm on the ground with 2nd Ranger Battalion in Western Iraq. And Greg and I looked at each other and we're like, fuck. Yeah. 2nd Ranger Battalion's on block leave right now. You know what I mean? So you can chalk that up to just not understanding the military terminology. Uh, yeah, the formations and all the different unit names and whatnot. But it, that was the moment where we were like, oh, these guys, when they don't know, like, okay, maybe he didn't, he, maybe he couldn't remember what the, the number designation of the unit he was with, mm-hmm. but then he just made up some shit. Remember? Like, well, all right. So, so how much of what we consume as truth from these people is just like, they're like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Just, just fucking make something up to m- tie the story together make it a little yeah. more sensational. Well, it is Hollywood. Yeah. As soon as you're combining journalism with makeup and hair, well, now things matter. Image matters, the yeah. story, we need a narrative, we need a happy ending, or we ha- need a yeah. good guy and a bad guy. So I've, well, I've, we've sort of lost faith in, in journalism as a, uh, as, as, a, as a calling, although I will say that you're right. Some of these guys like Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, yeah. they're bringing it back, and even like, uh, who's that girl that was on Greg's podcast? Um, Oh, the Fox girl. That, Ivory Hecker. Yeah, like, Ivory Hecker. She's doing, uh, there's another girl in... Uh, or what about even James oh, O'Keefe? Yeah, James Like, O'Keefe. Project Veritas has been amazing. Yeah, there's a guy in Seattle named uh, Jonathan Cho. Cho, yeah. Yep, yep he's really good. Uh, but so that that's another one of these silver linings that's coming out of the pandemic, is it's like a new rise of truly independent journalism. And these people, they're kind of hungry to get out there and actually show you what's going on. And it's, it's pretty fucking awesome. Well, uh, that's, it, that's why I don't quite understand why you said it's bad that we've lost trust in i think i think it was like hey we've been being lied to You're right it, i shouldn't so say it's, like, i shouldn't say it's bad it's it opens up yeah. a lot of it lo- opens up a lot because a guy like me or either one of you if we wanted to go out and really find a story and find out what's actually happening we have the technology to get that out and say hey this is and you do that consistently over and over and over and pretty soon you're going to have those guys 
that yeah. rise, and now you're going to be able to look at them and go, oh, this is real journalism. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, there's well, something special about that. Yeah. No, I agree. But here's a question, because now I've also lost faith in the healthcare industry to where yes. if I go to a doctor, I'm not even sure I would go to a doctor anymore, because in my mind, their education is to follow the guidance of the CDC and the WHO and to not ask questions. Well, and so they go through... You know, however many years of medical school where they're learning if A, prescribe B, if C, prescribe D. If e, then there's no, they don't take, there's no exercise uh, or uh, what do we call it, like metabolic train, you know, health, health and exercise curriculum yeah. in medical school. Medical school, as far as I can tell, is all based around how to prescribe drugs. Yeah. And so you're, you're literally going, when you go to the clinic, because you have an ailment, you're going to see the guy who's going to figure out which yes. medication he can get your insurance to pay for. Well, well, and which one he is getting paid for. Exactly. Right? So yep. um, my my whole life I've been skeptical of doctors. And a lot of people have probably rolled their eyes at this and go, well, you're, you know, you're a fucking idiot. And hey, well, you're In right. 2019, you're right. I would have said that. But now in 2023, I think you're right. But there's, I've never, when I was a kid, I broke my wrist. Right, I get rolled yeah. up in a wrestling mat, and they snap my wrist. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, the I was I was a tough little shit when I was a kid. Right, my pain tolerance was through the roof. Since then, it is weaning. <laughs> uh, but I broke my wrist, and I was crying. And my parents instantly were like, "Oh fuck! Like something's wrong if yeah. he's crying." And then I was like, "My wrist really hurts." And they were like, "Can you move it?" And I could move it, and. Uh, they were like, all right, well, and I was like, my wrist like hurts and I'm telling my parents and like, all right, we're going to the ER. So we go to the ER and the doctor says, oh, it's not broken. He can move it. And my mom was like, no, you need to x-ray this. He does not cry and he does not complain. You need to x-ray it. And they went back and forth and back and forth. And soon as, you know, they x-ray it and they're like, oh no, his wrist is snapped. Like he broke whatever. You know, so then they ended up putting a cast on it. And growing up, I knew that story, right? And I was always just skeptical of doctors. And since we've had the internet and growing up with, like, access to that kind of stuff, there's, it seems to me like, like a general practitioner is kind of bullshit. And, I mean, obviously, it's, they're not. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But the fact of the matter is, most of the time, I'm feeling something, I know how I feel better than I can explain it to a doctor. So I can start looking up what what ailment I feel like I'm having and look through the Google machine and all of a sudden I'm going to find oh it's I think it's this or that and yeah. then I go in and I can tell a doctor like oh I think this is going on and there oftentimes Yeah, I I think oh, yeah, that here, like take the, this. the doc at the uh, walk-in clinic is one of the first things that will be replaced by AI. Because yeah. you, you'll be able to just sort of like explain your symptoms to a machine and it's going to come back with... The they already do better with AI determining forms of yeah. cancer than real doctors. Which, is, which yeah. is wild because, you know, people used to, you know, my generation, it's like go to college, get a <coughs> get a master's degree or get a PhD because then, then your job is bulletproof. And well, and AI like, doesn't have to worry about getting sued. Yeah. You yeah, know, so they're right. not going to make, they're not going to make judgments or, you know, certain things and lean towards a safe... Yeah. You know, percentage. Yep. I want to jump in here on the COVID or, the co- well, COVID is what start, started it, but the doctor's thing. Um, it's all guesswork in a white robe. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just like a meat but, butcher. Yeah, the, the problem is that it's influenced by uh, outside money. Yeah, but here's so the thing. I, I'd be okay with guests working a white robe if it was of pure intention. But the reality is, even if even if they believe that they are of pure intention, all of their training is just teaching them uh, prescriptions. Yeah, but that's okay. I think I think there's I think so, there's a lot that doctors. Sorry, Mike. Uh, no, I think there's a good. lot that doctors do that are phenomenal. And I think doctors do like, you know, the the trauma stuff. Yeah, is oh, yeah. unbelievable. No, no, no. There's, there's no better time to like yeah. be in a serious car yeah. accident. And, and they're 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 are. using cutting edge technology and they're yeah. doing all that. But it, it's when it's when um, a drug company, mm-hmm. big pharma, starts putting their fucking fingers into stuff that I, well, I that's, find that's issues. what it is. Those is, is big pharma is what funds medical school and funds all the medical research. So. And this is another moment that I had, like an aha moment when I was younger, is my cousin was doing uh, PhD research at Western Washington University, and he's a, a statistician. And he was saying, "Oh, I got to go into the office today. Uh, uh, I've got to, I've got to go, kind of, you know, cheat on my wife." He, he said, "I've got to go." Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, my bad, my bad, my bad. He's, sorry. He said, I've gotta I, go. I thought doctors. <laughs> he said, "I've got to go tweak some numbers," and I was like, "Tweak some numbers." You're just doing statistics. They are what they are. Yeah. And he's like... Massaging the data. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> you, you got to know who's writing your grants. Yeah. And he's basically saying that whoever's paying for this study, if they don't get the result they yeah. want, then you're not going to get your funding next yeah. year. And that's the way it works. So you Nailed make it. sure that whoever's funding your study, that's the reason... They, they're going to be like, hey, we're hoping that this concludes X. Yeah. So now your job mm-hmm. is to make sure it concludes X. So that you get a grant the following year, to, and so you have a job. Yeah, yeah. Well, so doctors are dumb. What were you saying, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I I don't know why the news and journalism is in the state it's in currently, but I understand why medicine is in the state it's in. Um, and I think it's a couple different f- factors. One is is like your arm and you broke it. Like you guys were saying, I don't think there's any money in medicine for um, proactive medicine. So things like health. Or prevent, preventative care. Yeah, there's yeah. no money in it. Yeah, medicine exactly. now is reactive. It's not proactive. Proactive things are like diet, doing the cold plunge, say, exercise, doing all these things. There's not a lot of money based off them. Yeah, maybe if you have a sauna company, but to do these things to herbal supplements, which help and do have benefit, there's not a tremendous amount of money. So America seems to have gone more reactive with its health care. And that's a good thing. Like you're saying, if you get in an accident today, there's nowhere else you'd want to be than a level one trauma center in the United States. You're probably going to pull through. If you're mangled, they can patch and sew you up. All's good. Um, but with that being it that way, that's also the way we look at health care for the elderly. Prescriptions, prescribing medicine, and it becomes its own thing. That's why the number one, like, we don't manufacture things in the United States, but what's our number one form of revenue or commerce in its healthcare industry? And it's like, so you don't produce something, but you, the most money you make is really from helping sick people, I guess is in a way, right? So that's kind of the model for us. And 
like so many things, our healthcare system has gone from small independent mom and pop to huge national medical associations. So that's why you have Primera Blue Crosses, your um, Regents, Regents, uh, Blue Shields, yeah, Kaiser Permanent, Kaiser. You have these big giant ones, and when COVID, but those are those are insurance companies. But they're kind of also hospitals it's all, now. But it's all. But that's. One. But that's the thing, right? Like. Yeah. So insurance but, is what. But money, yeah, money drives wild. it. Right. Yeah. Money has to drive it because these doctors pay a lot for their education. Mm-hmm. It costs a lot for your HMO. So money's completely involved, and when everyone needs health insurance, and so much of it, people like. Being no. a business owner, I have to pay for it out of pocket, thanks Obamacare, or I get taxed extra. But like a lot of companies provide it for their employees and stuff, right? So you have healthcare being a big beneficiary like that. So this whole system is healthcare is built off of all these people, right? And so when COVID happened, you have these n- giant conglomerate hospitals. And then you have small little independent clinics or individual like for our health, our, our hormones, our blood. We have a independent doctor and stuff like that, right? So when COVID really came out, what did they, all these people were going to ERs, these big giant hospitals. And what were they telling people to do? Well, y- you don't need to be on life support right now. We want you to go home and take a Tylenol and rest, right? And you'll feel better and get over COVID that way, you know? And that's why, because you had WHO, NIH, you had all these places saying, like, this is the protocol as to what we do. And then you had small independent doctors saying, hey, no, I'm a doctor. What my job here is to practice medicine. Medicine is its own art. I can, and this is where hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, all these drugs that were used in the past, hydroxychloroquine, not pro, not con, but it was used for the original SARS COVID outbreak. They had phenomenal success. So when this one came out, they said, hey, you know that one that worked a couple years ago? Let's try it. Seems and the logical. world went, fuck you. Fuck you. And uh, if a doctor hang says on, it, he's free. That was yeah. that was driven by the media. So which Media back and circle, medical, which is that well, it wasn't just medical. So it well, was, there was, there but was doctors the, were fired. Prescriptions right, weren't so being filled for because doing the government this stuff. was pushing down on them. And yeah, saying, hey, licensing boards, we're giving you the narrative, and who was pushing yeah. down on the government? The medical industry, drug companies, the insurance. I yeah. was just going to say the pharma. Yeah, I'd well, say both, both have equal but, influence. And then yeah, it was yeah. also like the standard of care. WHO says ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine is not good. Don't give it to people. Oh, this is the gold standard. And we're a huge health care provider. Of course, we're going to listen to the standard of good. But then your small independent doctors are like, fuck you. I'm going to prescribe steroids for these people that are having lung issues. What they normally do when people have you know, a lung issue We'll give them a steroid. You ever had a lung infection, pneumonia, someone with severe asthma? The first thing they do is they give them a steroid. But those things were banished. You couldn't use those. So now we have this problem where people are dying every day with COVID, and we have on the news a national death tracker. 
But at the same time, doctors that want to practice medicine to use a steroid to try and help this guy that's going to die, maybe we can give something to pull him through. And he gets he gets bashed. He gets drugged through. He gets his medical license taken yeah, he, away. He gets on the front page of CNN as the doctor that's daring to suggest that there's an alternate treatment. Treatment besides yeah. getting the jab. Well, and so it creates a time when doctors are good. That time of COVID when people were dying, that is when we needed real doctors stepping up and treating and people. And very few did. Very yeah. few did. Most went, oh, shit, I don't want to lose my license. I'm just going to pump these people full of remdesivir. Yeah, or just vaccinate them up and not even try. Yeah. it's it, And so the medical industry is something we need, but it's something just like media and medicine, just this, I, I guess politics got in it. Politics poisoned Money. both Money media yeah. and politics poisoned medicine. Yeah. That's what I learned from 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with with the media... I think that is a tool used probably by some of the same people, right, that have big push in the government and yeah. I I would imagine they're I would rubbing imagine shoulders who, with whoever the is controlling people. Yeah, whoever is controlling Joe Biden is also controlling CNN would be Obama. Would be my suspicion. Yeah. <laughs> be my first guess. Um well, I mean I, it we could probably look it up. And find out who owns the massive media companies, who who sits at the head of these, you know, uh, conglomerates that own, you know, all 20 oh, yeah, fucking, you, you can see. You know. Well, on TV, even alone, I mean, isn't it 70% yeah. is by pharmaceuticals? It's oh, Pfizer. It, yeah, it's yeah. health insurance, pharmaceuticals, and Bud Light. Those are the advertisements. <laughs> well, you not Bud Light anymore. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> they tried. Yeah. I, over 40, dude. She was over 40. But, yeah, if, I mean, they must, it. someone's pushing a narrative on this. Yeah. You know, it has to be. Because, and that's why my parents have a hard time accepting this. These institutions, these old world, like you respected the news, they're trying to tell yeah. you well, the Walter truth. Walter Cronkite went on at 5 o'clock and yeah. told you how it was, yeah. and the entire nation went, Yep. Right? That's how it is. Good to know. Yeah. And everybody was on the same page. You could go to work and say, you believe this shit? And yeah. Like, yep, yep, yep. But that America, does, isn't it great? But that America does make a strong country if everyone is on the same front. Like, look at the wars or the things we've talked about in the past and when everyone's rallying behind America. Isn't that fucked up, though? The thought that we need, like, and I, I don't even want to say it, but we've, we've said it before, uh, you know, 9-12... There was not a more united U.S. that I've ever been in. Yeah. It was just like everybody was like, fuck yeah, America, we got this. We're going to get through it. We're going to fight. We're going to do whatever we have to do. You know, support our troops. Get your little bumper sticker on the back of your car. Drop the kids off at school. Have that. You know, say the Pledge of Allegiance. The fucking Star Spangled Banners playing at great volume all over constantly and now we're toby in a situation keith's making country to songs about toby it. Keith red solo wrong, cups yeah, yeah well dude i was thinking about that this is i was taking a shower and my back's all jacked up and i was like man i am not as good as i once was but i am as good once as i ever was and i was just like toby you son of a bitch you uh, i'm starting to realize it you know i'm getting to that age but um no i mean that that felt good and i was in fifth grade 
and it felt good. What one nine eleven? Yeah. Okay. And it, so it well, felt it nine, felt nine twelve like that pulling <clears throat> together of the country yeah. and like yeah. we're all in this together and everybody was sort of like be cool to each other because we just went through some shit. Yeah. Um, and and was, everybody was. Yeah. 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 You know? A year. Yeah. Well, I felt it felt like more than that. It Probably felt about, it was cool. about two years. Two years. Granted, yeah. I was I was young. Yeah. But I just remember being like. We are so lucky to have it, this It was country, when we had secured the invasion of Iraq, and it was like, okay, we we, did, we kicked the shit out of this country, and okay. we secured Afghanistan, uh, even though we haven't found bin Laden, and it was like, oh, no, the, the wars are going to continue, guys. We're not bringing anybody home. That That's kind of when they started losing that sense of, like, oh, we, yeah, we're, we're making money now. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Halliburton, it was kind of publicized. They got their no-bid contract, and everybody went, wait a minute. What? Um, but I was I was thinking about uh, you know the end of uh, uh, Sledge's book where he's talking about he just went home and how did the greatest generation arise out of that sort of post World War II era and it like kind of my thought I had on that was when those guys went you know onto the beach at Peleliu or when uh, when the army went onto the beaches in uh, in Normandy just the the ferocity of the fighting. And they must have had to realize that, like, holy shit. Like, and even the people at home who were, you know, the women who were working in the airplane factories and whatnot, they had to realize, imagine this thought. Like, if we lose this one, they're coming here next. Yeah. Like, literally, the entire country was mobilized for the war effort because if you lose this one... We're going to have to learn Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, an inv- like, if Hitler rolls up all of Europe and somehow gets the Russians at a standstill, he's coming here. Yeah. Or... or or if we're unlucky, the Japanese will beat him to it. Yeah. So that that's got to be a wild kind of a, uh, you know, to live through that sort of seven year period with the idea of like, hey, we everybody's got to pitch in. Everybody's got. Well, pitch I in. mean that that's got to that's going to focus everybody's energy. Absolutely. You know, and but how? What was the what was the population of the U.S. at that point? I don't know. What was the? I'd be interested to see what the actual U.S. population was. And uh, just Google right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, population nineteen forty three put us right in the middle. Yeah, um, but I, I, I just wonder if we don't at some point we don't have too many people, you know. And I don't know if I talked about this last time. As far as like, um, you know, you look at you look at different countries, and everybody wants to point to like, oh, this country and gun violence. One hundred thirty four million in forty three. Okay, so that's and now that's we're three hundred fifty million, I think. Yeah, so we're, so we're about half. Yeah, a little over, hmm. a little more than twice that. Um, you look at that and you go, you know, Canada is like, oh, you, we don't have any gun violence, or Australia, we don't have any gun violence. You go, you guys have thirty-four million people, which is a lot of people. But that's just the state of California. But yeah, that ain't nothing. And I, I don't know if I already talked about this. Do we talk about this? I don't um, think so. But. You know, thinking about that, like America is a, it's a big motherfucking country. Yeah. You know, and a lot of different people are getting pulled a lot of different ways, and there's a lot of groups getting pulled a lot of different ways. But why doesn't it happen as much? Well, I guess you could. So the biggest countries in the world are what? India and China, right? Yeah. For population. Um, I mean, I can see China doesn't, I mean, I really am not great with China stats. As are you guys, I'm sure. Yeah. But I would imagine it's 
you know, maybe similar to the United States or maybe a little better with crime and stuff with an authoritarian government. I imagine things like gangs and shit like that probably get squashed a little better in cities compared to maybe being out in the rural areas. You get more of your Chinese uh, uh, right-wingers maybe. Um, And India, I would feel... I don't... I think things are probably... I think worse India is there just in, being crushed it, by poverty. Poverty is the thing that, yeah, that would make. But, I mean, they also have tech areas and city areas, and there's a lot of money. I mean, there's a whole, there's Bollywood. How, how, how do we get there? And are we heading in that direction? And that's kind of things I've been thinking about more than anything lately. Like how is, we could be a billion people in this country well, and get no, along? No, 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 no. Not how we get along, but how do we in this country in two years see true poverty mm. yes i think so i mean look at what's happening to the dollar right now it, well and, the dollar is trying to be pushed out by yeah, china exactly. and south in america fact, and africa yeah, and it was, yemen it was in the news this morning <laughs> that uh the chinese are going to start buying most of their corn most of their imported corn is going to come from south africa now where it traditionally has come from the u.s so you're going to see not only is the dollar dropping but our our gross exports, I think, are about to just completely take I a nosedive. Now, I think you're seeing the fall of a global superpower. Yes. Like, there is a transition of power happening. Yep. Maybe we could have held on to it, but maybe greed and corruption destroyed the foundation of this building we were built on. Yep. Um, but, I mean, China and it's allying with so many different countries throughout the world. It's I feel like chess is happening Politically, yep. militarily, and yep. I think there. And I think this could be. The I forget. End. I think it was someone on Rogan made the. I can't remember who, but they made the point that like for the last twenty years, the United States has been flying predator drones around and dropping bombs on people. Yeah. Where talk all the shit you want about the Chinese, but they've been they've in never Africa. Attacked anyone? They haven't attacked anybody. They've building, and they've been developing building. infrastructure in dirt poor places. And yeah, they're treating the people there like shit. Like they're. I mean. All you hoity-toity motherfuckers driving a, a Tesla, your your battery yeah. came from a fucking slave labor mine. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but they're also making some really rich people in those areas. Yes. so they're making really powerful connections, and they are increasing sort of the uh, sort of their their what do you want to call it like uh, their image in these, in these other countries is growing into a more positive one where. The world is starting to look at America as just the big bullies who, you know, yeah. run around the block dropping smart bombs on people. Do you, have you ever heard of the book called Confessions of an Economic Hitman? I've heard of it. I've never read it. It's about us going down into South America and building it up like into a, like Panama, Port City, stuff like that into the 70s and the 80s and going into South America and building it up. And if you look at what they did in that book and like they would build a whole port in a town in some dirt poor city and they're like, all right. But then force them to sign a contract with for our- the next two hundred and fifty years, yeah. where you owe so much taxes and back yeah. revenue and stuff. It is exactly the same playing cards we did in the seventies and eighties. China is doing now, actually in South America, but also in the Middle East, in Africa, especially. Yeah, those port cities in Africa they're building are huge. Interesting. And, I mean, what's stopping us from doing the same? Is it greed? We're not working together from yeah. politicians. Uh, yeah, yes. but that whole country works together. Well, like there, say well, what you want one, about there's, China. There's one person at the top. Yeah, because say what now, you want about China. Same with Russia. Yeah, but say that's something my, about Putin and Russia. 
<laughs> yeah. Get fucking offed. But that's what I mean. Like, as much as I believe in democracy and stuff, it's like, God, it really is hard to get something done for a president in four years and then he's out. If you have a dictator that's in there for 20 years, if someone really is, say maybe they are a good person or they just have a vision, the amount of shit you can get done as a governing body or as one person for 20 years is going to be far superior than any radical or good idea or well-intentioned-hearted person in four years can do. But, I mean, this we have used this model, and we have become the world's superpower. Yeah. yeah? So what changed? Is it... The fact that we have social media and technology I, I think is changing no, the no world. Skin in the game. I, th- yeah. I think that in you know this modern era, people don't have skin in the game of the country. They just expect they expect a leisurely life. They yeah, they have their hand out provided and for. This it. Is, yeah. yeah, this is. But also, it's like so. Say you are into computers and you get educated into computers here. So what you can just do pr- programming. Maybe I want to help build computers. Maybe I like them. I'm not the smartest guy. I want to work on a factory line building computers. It's also like there's no skin in the game because well, once you get educated, what do you do with it? Here's the S- deal. Say you can manage people, but we need to produce things. And we need smart people producing things to say, hey, maybe there's a better way to do this. I have an idea for this assembly line or this invention. There's no promoting like internal growth if you're not growing your country but the the here's something sometimes you don't get to do what you want and that's what's happening right now hang on when i tell my kids this i'm called a jerk yeah yeah well (laughs) sometimes you get responsibilities and you have to go do what the fuck you have to do to get the day done and make whatever bit of money or um, gather what little bit of food or whatever you have to do. But sometimes there's responsibilities and it's not fun. It's not what you want to do. And you're not following your fucking passion. Yeah. And that is lost on America. Like that grind mentality at all. of just doing at all. Everybody's like, be free and figure out what you want. It's like, how about say, you find uh, a job yeah. and you get your shit done? I've got my four year degree. I'm ready for my high paying management job. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's a problem. We're we're living in this this society thinking like, what do, what do you mean? Grab a broom. This is my second day. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been here. I I came here to make an impact on this company. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that's what I'm. You know, not everybody can own a business, right? Yeah. Matter of fact, a lot of people, most people can't. If we want those businesses to succeed, right? Um. So I get why the government kind of wants to help people who don't own businesses or they say that and they do that because guess what? That's a vote. What do you mean by help though? What do you mean help? Look at what's happening with like everybody's got their fucking hand out and everybody wants something and thinks like. You mean like assistance programs? Assistance programs and all that. And how can you expect that not to be the case when you have a bunch of kids graduating after four years at UW paying 25 grand a year or whatever the fuck it ends up costing, you know, 15 grand a year and they graduate and they can't get a job worth a fuck. You know, that's something else that's kind of broken as well is that like my parents paid their way through college by living like at the poverty line, 
and working night jobs and working weekends. And that was kind of the expectation all the way up until about the time I graduated high school. And somewhere in the early 2000s, it became, no, 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 take out loans. Just take out loans and go live your fun life. Yeah. And Experience that, college yeah. for what it is. Yeah, exactly. See, you know what it is? It's, it's starving. Yes. That's college. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not getting to go out and eat. Yeah. yeah. Or but, go out for coffees. Or, or yeah, yeah, go have yeah, your hang fucking out the $7. Four yeah. nights a week. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's find a bullshit job, make as much as you can make off that, yeah. And hopefully, and eat top ramen seven days a week. Yeah, and I, and don't get me wrong, like I I didn't experience college exactly like that, right? Like I went to the community college, Hell and yeah. CC baby. Yeah, and uh, I got it. I got it paid for because I wrestled. So they were like, "Oh, we're gonna waive all your but tuition." That, but then you had to go work hard at and, wrestling practice. Well, in, and then I went and got a fucking job at. Uh, Panda Express. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, you? you I got a job at Panda Express. <laughs> M- M1 is, uh, yeah, I, the amount of Panda Express I ate was not as much as you'd think because <laughs> Vianne, my uh, supervisor, was a real bitch. Oh, just on Fuck top? That oh, lady. yeah, you're not. She ended up embezzling money. Oh, Yeah, shit. it was kind of a crazy situation. She wanted to steal, not you. Yeah, yeah. and I was just like, I'm trying to... F- fucking eat the last bit of this food that's left out. And she's like, nope, you can't. Because she didn't want us, like, making more at the very end of the day and, like, oh, having stuff to take home. So I, I get it somehow, but at the same time, it's like, hey, how about you just trust your employees aren't going to be pieces of shit? Yep. Like, uh, you know. But I, I, that's part of the problem with the world, too, right? Um, but, uh, you know, there, I just remember, like, getting paid, like, nine dollars an hour if that like 850 an hour oh yeah and then it's like okay this is beer money right like sweet <laughs> i'm all and, full and, off of panda express yeah and then <laughs> but, get and some then, beer so i i'd have that and then i had um <laughs> to pay rent with it yeah so after my, i think my rent was like four hundred dollars or whatever perfect um when i'd split with my roommate and then then we'd be good to go our 450 bucks or whatever. And then like everything after that was like, let's get drunk. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, and that, the, well, hang on. That's another solid point. Cause when I got out of the army and was living on the GI bill, going to school for a hot minute, same thing. It was like, I'd get my GI bill payment at the first of the month and I'd go grocery shopping and I'd pay all, you know, I'd pay the rent, I'd pay the bills and then whatever was left over. It's like, all right, yeah. there's my party money. Yeah. For yeah. the rest of the month. Yeah. Yeah. If we keep these yeah. cans, we can return them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Five cents per. We did, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oregon, Definitely no $4 lattes. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and some, some people had all the money in the world. They had cars. I mean, I was riding a, a you know, Goodwill bike that was a piece of shit, you know, and just trying to like get by and yep. it was, it was, but that's kind of how life was yeah, but I also, before that, too. But I also feel that colleges have changed. Like, college, I think, you know, everyone... Centers, you mean? What? Indoctrination centers? Yeah, but, I mean, everyone's going to have a different experience. Say you're a trust fund baby. You know, your college experience is going to be different than if you have to have a job and go through college. But both of them are taking you from... Being in high school and kind of living under someone else's rule, and now you're on your own. You have to figure out how to eat. You have to figure out how to study, how not to fail, 
It's kind of like your first. I'm not just talking about college, though. I remember going over to friends' houses and watching them walk up and open up the fridge and just get some food. Yeah. And or going into a pantry and pulling food out and my fucking jaw dropped because I was like, you, we don't have to ask. Yeah. And people were like they were like, No, we just grab food. And I was like, What? Where, you can just go get food. Where was this? This was at any friends or not any friends, but some of my friends' houses in, in high school. Oh yeah. Okay. Like yes. they, okay. they would just they'd walk up and they'd pull open a pantry that's packed full of yeah. bullshit. Wow. And yeah. it was just like I, I we can break into these M and M's and we're not gonna get fucking <laughs> smashed. Beached. Yeah. Like, oh we can have a we can just make a sandwich. Yeah. I was fucking blown away. Yeah. Cause it was like that's not yeah. that's not how I grew up. No, same here. It was so, you're almost afraid to ask for a snack when you're over at a friend's house. Oh, you didn't. You yeah. didn't. That's how you that you're being polite. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to ask for things. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to, and that since then has changed me. But growing up, yeah, it was, it was like, no, we're not, you, what? Yeah. You're, and you're just going to do that, dude? You're gonna, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, but now, oh, I, I feel like if you don't do that, you're, you're abusing your kid. And yeah. all of a sudden somebody's going to get all pissed off. It's like, that's the way most of the world is. Yeah. Yeah. We are so lucky in America to think that, oh, we just get to shove fucking food down our face all the time and it doesn't matter. Because the fact of the matter is most people are so far above the fucking poverty line, the true poverty line. Dude, oh. our homeless people have fucking iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. They, I like, mean, you, yeah. you go into a Starbucks on uh, Broadway and Everett <clears throat> and they're sitting in there charging their iPhone. Yeah, and I mean, the government's probably given it that, I had imagine. Right, or they make fucking couple hundred bucks a day panhandling. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, well remember that in the was it the early two thousands that like uh, sixty minute or I I don't know what oh that's news right. station it was where they followed that dude back to his like oh f- uh, Mercedes Mercedes or the whatever. guy with the dreadlocks yeah, yeah something had, like that well then they <clears throat> followed him home he had a house in like a nice suburb and everything. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> panhandling during the day like you got to be shitting me. But, you know, you try and give somebody socks on the side of the road and they're like, nah, fuck yourself. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. the people that come up at the gas station like, hey, man, I need I need diapers for my baby. Like, all right, let's go. I'll, I'll buy them. Let's go. No, I was, I was just thinking you could give me the money and I'll like, shut the fuck up. Get out yeah. of here. My baby needs a dollar for a balloon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my baby's got yeah. a horrible meth problem. You got a deal. Yeah. All right. Can we call it pee break? Yeah. All right. Let's pee go break. for it. Pee break. We're back. We're back. And I think we left off on struggle. Yeah. Um, I just, I really think that we are at the point where we're just so lucky in this country to have all the things we have and we've forgotten how to split the fucking firewood. You know? Yeah, but okay. So what about, do you think a life of Star Wars could exist? Like, or Star Trek? Let's not even go Star Wars Yoda. Like, where people travel. The cosmos, I think it or will. inhabit other planets. I think it will. And okay, I think okay, okay, okay. Just one question. Can we I, talk? I can we talk on? UFOs now? Hang on. Yes, <laughs> we will. So those people on those starships, they mm-hmm. probably don't have a lot of firewood. They probably don't have a lot of knife needing skills. Not a lot of carving. Not a lot of 
hopefully there's brisket making. Uh, there won't be any cows. But there's not any of that stuff. So say in a world way in the future where maybe struggle isn't what it was in the day because we have a food replicator and we have this air conditioner and we have all these things. Do you think it's just a bunch of pussies traveling the cosmos? No, I and I don't mean to... I mean split the firewood and the fact of like just... But you doing work for those something. tough things, because yeah. there there's going to be, without question, um, hard things you have to do. Yeah. Right? I've never been on a, um, what is it, an EV walk? Is that What's what that? is what that's what it called? Nobody, nobody in here has it. It's a space thing, right? Where they have to get outside of the spaceship. Spaceship is that what that is? Oh, like extravehicular. Yeah, I believe that's like getting out of the. I, I could be wrong. Anyway, yeah. they have to get they have to suit yeah. up. They have to float outside of the fucking space station. Are, are you and suggesting they have to fix that one of us might have? No. Okay. Oh. Okay. You guys got me. You got me. I have never. Neither of us have. Anyway, um, I, I imagine things like that will be like the hardship thing. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, it's a dangerous thing you got to do. It's but a you're risk. not going to need everyone to go out and walk outside. No, the but spaceship. you're going to need to teach somebody to do it, and somebody eventually is going to have to do it. Yeah, but right? not everybody need- has to go split firewood. You know who has to split firewood? The man. <laughs> It's like that. Yeah. It's yeah. like that dumb kid in your math class that gets picked for the uh, for the star mission. You're like, what the fuck? Why is Steve coming? Dude, and the- then like midway through, they're like, all right, little little patch fell off the back of the uh, the thruster back there. Steve, get your suit on. Get the booger eater. Yeah. <laughs> get that window liquor out there. Yeah. yeah, but I mean it like in that kind of sense. Like if we get to this, like say we continue on and we get very advanced technology wise. Uh, Everything from ships to planets to where we're living to accommodations of our house. Everything is just far superior. What we think is easy now, say it's even more luxurious. Now, do you think in that time there's going to be still people on Earth without cell phones cooking their food over burnt shit? Yeah, because okay, of so there's, poverty. Yeah, because there's going to be a comparison. Wealth gap. And that's the There's thing. always going to be wealth gap. Yes, there's going to be a wealth gap. And it's crazy to think that we are the ones that are going to be on the fucking spaceship and not cooking our meal over cow turds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, And that's the thing. is like we've gotten to this point in this country where we're not those people. Our poorest of the poor aren't those people. Yeah. And that's where people lose sight of like what's actually happening, and like they lose sight of the fact that like there is struggle in this world, and we don't see it. The people we see on the side of the street struggling have all kinds of uh, you know social programs that help them out. They're getting tents, they're getting food, they're getting everything they need, but they're addicted. Their struggle is the blues, right? It's yeah. it's getting cheap pills that they smoke. And it keeps them fucked up and keeps them in a state of just comfort to some degree, yeah. as much as that's fucked up to say. Yeah, no, um, but that's what they're chasing, right? That, that's, yeah. that's the drug. But that's beyond comfort. Comfort for me is... They're in purgatory is what they're in. Yeah, because comfort for me is a day of work, a day of working out, a good meal, and a drink. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I chase for comfort. Yeah, I mean we're so pra- that's we're beyond. practicing it right now. <laughs> yeah, ex- but that's yeah. what I mean. I look forward to doing this. This is part of like my new routine and stuff. Yeah. So that's beyond comfort, though. Yeah, and I mean those. That's that's someone just 
you're losing control. That's well, that's that's, be- that's below comfort. You don't know what comfort is. No, but you because that guy, I'm sure, would like to not be living in a tent. Yeah, I'm sure he'd rather be doing those drugs in an apartment rather than a tent. Yeah, well, oh, and sure. then if but he had that apartment, day, I when you guarantee make it, you, when you make it just good enough, yeah, you get by. Because a lot maintain. of the shelters have empty beds. Yeah, but they choose to get high because the shelter you can't get high. You can't get fucked up in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, that's that'd be what crazy I mean. if like, they so had an open shelter where they're like, uh, yeah, hey, man, go for anything it. goes. Well, they, remember that when they started building those sheds? Yeah, all those sheds in Seattle. It they're was in like, Everett oh, too. Actually, off the trestle. Uh, it's Magnuson Park has been turned over. It's like a. It used to be this really cool. Uh, it was the site of a uh, uh, naval air station during World War II. Right on the side of Lake Washington there, and it was a really nice park. Up Is that by North Point area? Uh, it's Lake by Washington. Children's Hospital. Yeah. Right oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Kind of east of UW. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it used to be this really cool park, really nice place to go, like chill out. And they they turned it in, like they turned a lot of those old buildings into homeless uh, like shelters that I'm I have to assume aren't testing for drugs. And then all the parking lots are just full of like people living in their cars. There is shit and needles everywhere. And I got I went there on an electrical service job and after like thirty minutes we just left. We were like, Our our vans are gonna get broken into. Yeah. We're we're gonna end up in a fight. Like this just just call them back and tell them we're not taking the job. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's I guess what I'm saying is there's always gonna be people that are living luxuri- luxurious lives. Yeah. Um the fucked up thing. That but isn't the goal then to get everyone to live luxuriously? No. Like, cause I heard it. No, th- it's not. I heard a thing saying that if you look at all the third world people in our world, like the people that burn wood for warmth, that burn, uh, cow poop. Excrement. That, yeah. Yeah. That do all this stuff that pollute their carbon footprint is so much more intense than the group that we have where you can recycle things properly, where you have natural gas that burns cleaner, or you can have electricity from a dam power you. Just so because if, our pollution isn't happening in our backyard, yeah, all the shit we're using and all that technology, that's polluting. It's just not happening here. Yeah, but I mean, so look, if you do care about, I mean, the world is changing. I don't think it's necessarily every car exhaust and stuff. I think the world is maybe cyclical. and But, like, the world is changing, right? And if you care about the world, which everyone seems to do right now, you want to lower the temperature. You want to lower your carbon footprint. So if there Why? were outreach programs in the world to be like, hey, these people that live in squalor in these third-world places – if they were able to change their lifestyle, it would, one, give them heat and cooling, which would be nice. Everyone should have heat and everyone should have air conditioning if you live in an extreme desert place. But then and that allows well, you... Well, hey, guess what? Don't live in a fucking desert. <laughs> you want to know why? Because yeah, but, we weren't meant to live in the desert. Yeah. But we that do. Is, yeah, and that's why it's there's unnatural. carbon footprint. Yeah. Yeah. California well, is I, not... I most think... of California is not supposed to be in California. Most, I mean, the fact that people live in Vegas... Yeah. And Vegas is a thing. That's all man-made. And yeah. any th- anytime there's something like that, expect there to be some crazy 
you need a lot of resources. Like a yeah. lot of if for Heaps. the resources that you're lacking, you need a shitload of energy resources to bring them there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, a problem. Don't live in those places. Yeah. But Vegas is fun, everyone. Oh, it's, it, I'm <laughs> not saying I'm not saying it's not, but yeah, that's, but that's, that's you're that's gonna have point. cities. Like we can't. Yeah, just, but you don't have to have them in the middle middle of a desert. Yeah, but we have ours in the middle of a forest. You but can live in a forest. There's a lot of water. It's easier to live here. Timber. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we're at a point where it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, I can mail a letter and send an extra $2, and it's guaranteed in Vegas tomorrow morning by 7. You know, so like, we're past a point there's, where- There's still no drinking water there. Yeah. You, you, doesn't it come from the Colorado River? Yeah, in a fucking pipe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. They brought it. We're, we, we're in, you know, we can figure it out. Although to be fair, like the water pipeline, yeah, the water pipelines are a good idea. We just need to build the energy infrastructure. So back to your point, I think we were trending the right direction. Where you know how uh, cars had catalytic converters on them. We yeah, were, we were using hydroelectric and nuclear electric, yeah. and still there was still some legacy coal fire, but there there was like an evolution of better and better and better standards. Yeah, it was, and people were like, "It's not happening fast enough. We need it all." Like. They thought they were going to fix it tomorrow no. when we were actually already on a good trajectory. You have to fix Because those everyone. people want to go to fucking space. Yeah. And so <laughs> they don't want to be stuck back here <laughs> on the earth cooking, yeah. you know. Well, fuck. Now here they are with a uh, collapsing dollar. So congratulations. Oh, yeah. Um, what the fuck? Oh, so we had that nice kind of steady yes. trajectory toward yes. better and better standards to where even Washington State, you don't have to. Uh, do emissions testing on used cars anymore because they said that they were finding so few cars that didn't pass that like the program had met its expectations and it was just time to end it. Yeah. And it was like, why, why keep testing when everybody passes? Yeah. So that's, a, that's like a, a good trend that we were on. And then along comes the, the no nukes people and they've been knocking, like they took the Elwha river dam out over on the peninsula and they, yeah. they want to take out dams all over the place. And it's like, well, What's your plan for you? You stop nuclear and you're trying to stop hydroelectric. Yeah, but you're the pro like conserve the planet people. Yeah. So what's left? Coal fire? Yeah. Or just candlelight? Yeah, I mean and it's other than it's like windmills, or you look at places like in Scandinavian countries with coastal areas, and they try and put in those wave. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but they take, you, but you it doesn't reproduce. The population centers but that's that. what I mean. That, that's for it's small like, scale. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not there. But in that, so in that idea, like you could rid the world of a lot of extra carbon if you brought the entire world, all these third world countries into, if you if had you a world. spend some money on infrastructure. Yeah. If Mike Zedong, I'm Imagine, back, yeah. I'm back boys. <laughs> and you know what I'm doing? I'm making sure Fuck every hut government. has just, uh, yeah, just uh, a heat pump. I mean, that works as an AC and a heater, right? Or has. Or has natural gas. Yeah. Or you know a nuclear I mean? reactor. Yeah. Right there, you cut down on so much carbon in the world. And here's, and well, here's, we, here's the other thing, too, is, yes, the climate is warming, but we're also coming out of an ice age. Like That's what I meant. 12,000 12, 12, yeah. years ago isn't that long in terms of rocks and ice. Dude, we had so a we, mile we of sheet as, of yeah. ice right here. We are still 12, emerging years ago. from an ice age. Yeah. And so, yes, the climate is getting warmer. And one of the points that... Uh, Randall Carlson hits on a lot is that what you should actually fear is the climate getting colder. Yeah. Because the last time the climate dropped, that was the great die off where you lost all the megafauna in uh, 
you know, Northern Europe and North America. So in the desert, I can still grow food as long as I have water, but in an ice field, I don't care how much water I have. I'm not growing food and ice age will destroy. Whereas a heat wave, people will die. The, the landscape will change because people populate on coastal cities. Yeah. But well, and, and, and a lot of the ancient traditions, traditions talk about the paradise times before the ice, which they're literally talking about pre-ice age civilization. Yeah. And that paradise time was a time of warm climate because you have all these like uh, uh, ecosystems that sort of blossom out of that. Yeah. And it creates abundance for all the, you know, all the, Mike or megafauna. Yeah, absolutely. It is weird. All right. All right. We're done political. Let's go aliens. Like yeah. Tobin said, stock yeah, so UFOs. I, I was talking to my dad and I was just, we we're talking about the other day, the die off of megafauna in North America. And just because I, I went, we went turkey hunting and I, I just like, I like hunting, hunt, hunting. Hang on. This, these are things white people talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was maxing out my visa card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I hunting has given me a respect for like just wanting to understand these animals we're pursuing and kind of where they came from. So like I kind of got hooked with hunting with elk and then I want to know where elk came from and the grasslands and what that brought and the other megafauna. And then, so what was precursors to elk and then elk throughout the world, like Irish elk way back in the day. And you see all these crazy megafauna. What were Irish elk? Just like hammered drunk elk or. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they look, it looks like. Uh, Uh, it looks like an elk from Lord of the Rings. Which is if, a Dropkick Murphys logo on well, its if ass. You, yeah, if you can imagine like this giant mythical elk, but their horns were like triple what a normal elk has. With like co- branches or something? Yes, they're called Irish elk, and they were just old megafauna of the past. I'm going to have to Google that right quick. Cause, um, I'm, Jordan's got a half chub. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds Look cool. Look up Pleistocene well, well, was, Irish elk. What was... Uh, or were they anything like stags, like red stags? I, mm, like a no. stag is more like a deer. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, like a red stag is like New Zealand's elk. Where they have teeth? Um, and they have... Is that like, the one that they, has teeth? Well, well or does elk, elk have teeth? But like they have like in like uh, oh, vampire the, incisor yeah, no, ones. No, they they might. I don't know. I've never seen one. Because some of those are weird. Um, no, the, the red stags are like... In New Zealand, and they look like elk, but the top of their horns mm-hmm. breaks off into like three. Oh, like it a, branches! Yeah, it branches off uh, like a like a like a like little cup or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, huh? Interesting. Uh-huh. Anyway, so what were you saying? Oh, so I was just talking to my dad about the extinction of megafauna in North America, and like the kind of what seems to be the current hypothesis is that. People came over on the Bering Straits and on the land bridges or the ice bridges that connected us. And that over that time of when they originally thought people came in, which was like 15,000 years ago with Clovis culture, finding Clovis points in New Mexico, they kind of thought that the people are what hunted all the megafauna, the woolly mammoths, the... Um, An Irish elk looks like a, a moose. He doesn't it? Yeah, fucking elk. Yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really cool. That's a cool animal. And they're big. They are cute. That's what I mean. It looks like a Lord of the Rings animal. 
trying to pass that over to Tobin so he can take a gander. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, and they're bigger than a moose. Yeah, that I would if I saw that at a distance, I would call that a moose. Yeah. Um interesting. But so the idea is that hunter gatherer people came over from Europe, uh Russia, Asia area. And they came over and they slaughtered all the animals. The short-faced bear, the North American land beaver, which was the size of an armadillo, uh, the step bison. Uh, the short-faced bear. Yeah, short-faced bear, woolly mammoth, saber-toothed cats. Find it, and this was before horses. This is while horses were in North America? I think horses weren't. I, so here's the thing with horses. I think there were some horses in North America at that time. I think a lot of them migrated to Europe and Africa and stuff like that. So that's where you get like Arabians, you get zebras, and a lot of domesticated horses, if you let them out in full range to be like a Mustang, they develop a stripe down their back and usually they'll get one like ring around their leg to mimic almost a zebra. So just like if you have a pig, and it's a pet, and you release it in the wild, it starts to grow tusks, and its hair gets thicker, and it develops a hump on its back. Horses go feral if you let them go as well. Okay. Uh, I Uh, visited a farm in college, and it was like just somebody's... Suspicious. Yeah, it was somebody's spot. And they had these... um, They had all kinds of shit. They had two camels. They had a little bull. They had like fucking eight bulls that we would have big parties and like have big bonfires and like semi uh, circle the trucks up. And then like, you'd have to go to the bathroom and you'd walk out in the field and just hope a bowl isn't going to fuck you up. And then uh, anyway, they had a zebra that was a mean little bastard. And then they had Zorses that were half zebra, half Half horse. horse. Yeah. And they were the size of a horse. What were their pronouns? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Zed. (laughs) Zebra. Um, They, uh, they were like horses, but then they had stripes like halfway down them that were like a light and dark brown. It yeah. was it was wild. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a fucking... Anyway, my, where know. I was going with that is I feel like there's a group of, of people who want to believe that humans are just bad. And it's always like, humans cause this, humans cause this, humans cause this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where that that particular theory comes from, that like a bunch of natives with... Fucking arrowheads made out of sharpened volcanic rocks killed off all the animals yeah. in North. Shut the fuck up. Overhill, how, overkill how, how hypothesis many, yeah. is yeah. hard to yeah. believe. Yeah. How yeah. Many, think about how hard how it is for you guys to get, a, uh, to get an elk with a modern compound bow or even yeah. with a rifle. But well, also, they weren't look, all killed off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but also, look at like human density. Like, human density wasn't that thick in the Americas at that time. That's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. it's so hard to believe. So, okay, so this is great. So, I was talking to my dad about What'd this. What did you do today? Oh, I took down 45 buffalo with a fucking spear. Yeah. But, yeah, good luck. The, the difference is it's not hunting, it's habitat loss. Yeah. That's what's killed everything. Yeah. But they say hunting. Took out at that time period, hunting took out the, all those megafauna. So I was talking to my dad about this, Sorry. and I just was <laughs> like, uh, I don't believe that's the way they it happened. 
I don't know the correct answer. And there's some right. answers out there or hypotheses out there, like your Randall Carlson, Graham yeah. Hancock, with a impact theory. Uh, there's even another guy that had a theory that, like, right now we are having tremendous solar flares. Like, the sun is in a 10-year cycle, and its solar activity picks up every 10 years. And right – and. And then off of that, it goes into thousands of year cycles. But every 10 years, it gets really nuts. So if you read the news currently uh, around Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, moms, uh, you'll see a lot of talk about the sun. Uh, there's an idea that there was a giant solar flare or a star exploded somewhere and we got a direct blast or we had our sun belch off a huge solar flare, strip the ozone, uh, able to get radiation down here melts everything targets north america you have huge animal die-off you could have that asteroid strike i don't think of volcanoes really in the idea of that no, mindset we'd have, because we'd have a geological record exactly and the geological record by the way really really supports the impact theory yes because not only one, I there's, mean, you have that, that first that burnt of, mantle, yep. and then after that, you have nanoglass, and then also the deposits yep. of sedentary, depending where you are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, but it's so... I was talking to, to him about that. To me, that, that one is so convincing. That, yeah. It's kind of a smoke. I, something happened. I don't understand. I can't say I know for sure, but I know what they're saying doesn't the seem was. right. Yeah. Maybe it was caused by a thermal nuclear weapon that a fucking saber-toothed tiger fired. Okay, but, so exactly. So but the reality is the effect was yeah. the world was on fire. But that's what I mean, too. So at And this, there were big floods. But so at that same time point, when all these megafauna in North America die, right? What is also happening? We get agriculture. We get society. Not only is this crazy epoch events going on where we're coming in that exact period out of an ice age, out of the Pleistocene, into the current day Holocene, this is our epoch, that civilization emerges. That religion and culture and these things start and people go you know what since the beginning of time people lived in little bands and finally at ten thousand years ago we got together but then you can have the idea of like you look at old old history and like alexander the great said that the biggest like egypt was a hub egypt was a hub of knowledge and it was known that Greeks went there and philosophers and all kinds of people went there. And when they used to go there is when it was lush. It was green. Yeah. And in the Mesopotamia Valley of the Nile in that area 10,000 years ago, it was a lush rainforest. So you have all these cataclysmic events, not only in North America with the die-off of animal, but what happened up here in Egypt throughout the world, you have grasslands changing radical shifting and climate and then you have people all of a sudden saying hey we just came out of the woods it kind of seems more likely that you had a bunch of people some shit went down and then people gathered was, up and yes. they're like we're god yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> we're gonna run we, this show i think that what we think of as the first civilizations like sumeria was actually a, the first reset civilization yes, a, a re-emergence of civilization after some sort of Cataclysm, whether, yeah, like you said, whether it was uh, completely natural, like a, a meteorite, or 
whether it was something we it's if you go down like the tartaria rabbit hole you start to wonder if it isn't um something we caused or that i shouldn't say we See, the, but that's the human so, race caused. like a sickness so, or like a oh dude like so you can go pretty deep into the, it's so, but knows? this is what everyone says, though. And, as soon do you as think you're they like, they had technology. So there's then this is they yes. all relied it, on, and then all of a sudden they had electricity and everything else, and then there's I, a solar flare, and it boom. So I can kind blackout. of explain. No, so I, I don't. The the Tartaria no? theory is that there was a civilization. This is actually post Ice Age, okay. um, so as recently as like 200 years ago, that there was a. Uh, civilization around North America, North Europe, and uh, Asia, Russia, North America, Europe, that uh, had all this technology and the free energy, blah, blah, blah. And it went back millennia, which is why the, the pyramids we think are 7,000. 200 years ago? As little ago as 200 years ago. And that they were brought to an end. And that, so like all wars from 1800 through 1945 were actually, if you look at it, it's it's all these independent... Uh, can we Can we just... For the sake of this story, yeah. say five hundred years ago, because sure. I just I just had to listen to a book two hundred years ago yeah. about about a guy who had to circle around a tree to stay warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is that he was fighting for the crown, right? Uh huh. So two hundred years ago, you had the crown and the Vatican come together and start ah, fuckers. I don't, attacking okay. attacking all these various independent uh, empires worldwide. That's true. And so that's how we came to this modern sort of system or polar, what do you want to call it, geographic, you know, the lines we have drawn on the maps. Yeah. Like how we divided up the world. And it all kind of does fall under one financial system, right? Which is what we're watching collapse, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, well, the so petrodollar. Petro but we say it's a petrodollar. It could go Saudi Arabia has its own petrodollar and yeah. China's betting on it. It's the same yeah. fucking thing. No one has gold. Yeah. Like what matters is resources for like gases, mobilization, it's use, it's jets, it's cars, yeah. it's commerce, it's well, people, it's shipping. It's we're product. getting off topic. The, Sorry. Like the, uh, <laughs> the, the point is that in the alternate theory, yeah, every all these wars of empire that like waged by the British were all backed by the Vatican, and that's they were all fought with the idea of consolidating power under a sort of one world government run out of Great Britain. Yeah, but doesn't that and like Washington and then Washington D.C. became part of that with the Act of eighteen seventy one? But doesn't that also go like back into like night times, like the religious wars and the War of the Roses and all those type of things? It's like the Vatican and the Church and the people saying what is like religion was God, like re- like. Uh, well, hang on, I'm I'm not saying I buy off on it. No, no, I'm yeah, just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's every once in a while I'll read like three paragraphs about it because I do find it kind of interesting because there is. If you look at it from the angle that they'll like write the article or the little post, like it kind of makes sense. Yeah, but here's the thing: I have problems with those because if it's happening now, like if we're talking about a reset that happened way back in the day that killed megafauna, that all of a sudden agriculture is out of that, all this stuff. That means that if there is some super complex group that they survived it and they started everything ten thousand years ago, and now they're still holding power somehow i don't think any group could really maintain power no. that long um no, i i think yeah i think we're kind of crossing two ideas here yeah which like 
the reason Graham Hancock, Randall Carlson type theories, I think are totally explicable and like they make so much sense is that they're not alleging like. Well, any, they're looking at the rock, right? Yeah, exactly. They're, well, the rock just, and the just animal. Saying, it just make, I love animals. Yeah, they're just the saying it makes sense that them. there was people much earlier than we think. It's not anything like wild and radical. They're not saying yeah. they came from Mars and spaceships. They're just saying, look, we think there were people here much earlier Look at what we found. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, like I said earlier, Clovis, right? We thought people, the idea was people started coming into North America uh, 13,000 years ago with Clovis, right? Clovis points were this type of arrowhead found in Clovis, New Mexico, and they discovered bison or, well, some bison, but mainly mammoth clothes. Uh, kill sites and so they developed this term of people called clovis hunters and they identified them by their spear point so it's like well that's cool that's what 13 15 thousand years ago what are the oldest settlements in the united states like 130 yeah but especially they, they found some that are like they think might be 300 right? yeah yeah but south america they have true evidence with dna and stuff yeah. oh yeah the the genome mapping project yes and it's eighteen thousand years ago so you're going to tell me there's a band of hunters that you're basing this whole timeline of 13,000 years ago. Meanwhile, you have DNA evidence from 18,000 years ago in South America, closer to Antarctica. Yeah. It's like people were all over this, yes. this place. The, the uh, Australian Aborigines have common DNA with the natives in the Amazon rainforest. Yep which tells you they were crossing the ocean. So that's what, okay, so then you go back to that idea of like North America getting habit, like inhabited by people taking the ice bridge and stuff from uh, Russia, Asia, right? Coming in that way. But then it's like, yeah, you look at how, if it was all ice, you would not want to walk across that no, and cold no. with animals. Sail. You would want to be in a little canoe following the coastline and just hopping from beach to beach, from Alaska all the way down. And I think that, yeah, people were probably great sailors yeah. and great, like, seamen, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, back in the day. But I think that's the only way. I think Australia is a smoking gun, too, if you look at aboriginals. Like, if the cradle of civilization and life is Africa, yeah, explain aboriginals, yeah. you know? And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. No. But it's like, no, it doesn't. But I give it, that's the scientific process. You have to, without a doubt, prove this. Like, it has to be tested by you and your peers, this theory, and what are the results? What did we come up with? But Do you think science is stubborn. And when, people base their whole degrees off of having something well, that it's, says it's not just their this degree. is right. The reason they're so stubborn is they're, they've written books, they've gathered acclaim on their own yeah. theories and, and studies, and it's like, oh shit, I might be wrong. Yeah. Did did uh, Afri or I'm sorry, did um, Australia break off uh, from Asia? Pangaea. Yeah. So I At mean, what time was the that? continents have shifted all kinds? It used yeah, to be I mean, one cluster landmass called Pangaea. I forget how many millions ago Pangaea actually existed. So, um, so hang on, during the Ice Age, or maybe it was yeah, I think during the Ice Age, all that area from like Vietnam down through Indonesia, where all those island hopping campaigns were in World mm -hmm. War II, I think that was all above sea level. 
Yeah. That, there was a mass of land that went down that direction. Yeah, so, I don't know if it okay. went all the way to okay. Australia, yeah. but it extended down at least through like Indonesia. Yeah. So you have to Enough think if you're going through an ice age, all that ice uh, or all that water, like in the ocean, is going to become ice eventually. Like it evaporates, it rains down, it freezes. So less and less water is going to be in the ocean. So the sea level back then, they think was about 300 feet lower than it 400. is today. 400, yeah. yeah. So- uh, depends on your scientists. Uh, but yes, it was this dramatically is right here. Mike. Yeah, <laughs> but it was dramatically lower. That's why I think it would be so cool, like to be a scuba diver in the Puget Sound, and like if you could go down there with a shovel and dig twenty feet. In. Now that now that they're developing all this ground penetrating radar, I can't lidar wait and it, stuff. Yeah, yeah. figure out how to dangle one beneath a map one the yep. Pacific. Yeah, because four hundred feet or. I guess about 300 to 350 feet below sea level right now out in the sound might be where you find like some really ancient. That's uh, where the cities are. Cause most of fishing, yeah. you go out there, it's 400 feet, 500 feet. Yeah. Well, they're going to find Atlantis. That's the idea of Atlantis that there was an area back before the seas. And that's another you, thing you with religion the structure is the what the Rishot structure. Is that that one in Africa? Yeah. Yeah. And it looks exactly like, all the renderings of Atlantis, yeah. which who the fuck knows, but it's it's kind of creepy. And we, uh, we talked about this on one of the early episodes. I think so, yeah, yeah. If you Google Earth Google, and look yeah. at North Africa, you can see where the, like, it looks like a massive wave came down out of the Mediterranean Sea out to the, Jesus, out to the Atlantic. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, there's, like, striations in the, in the rock. You can yeah. see them on Google Earth. Well, that's, anyway. this last past weekend um, was the first time that I actually looked at the rocks and went, Holy shit. <laughs> that right? uh, was it this past week? We, when we turkey hunting on our way back. Oh, driving through like Quincy. Yeah. 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 That's that pretty cool, cool looking at the channel scablands. This, yeah. And what would you say those big boulders were called? Erratics. Erratics. Glacial yeah. deposits. See, that seeing are that alone. and like having somebody in Jordan, the car. Welcome that, to middle age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get a Holy book on shit. World War II and geology. You've hit <laughs> your middle age. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, no. Uh, Tell you what, I, brother. Well, look at. Look, it's funny you said that because look at uh, look at the picture I had queued up to show you. Look at this rock. Get <laughs> <laughs> the rock formation. <laughs> I was like, check this out, dude. Uh, yeah, but it's fun. Like this, I, I drove. Is, to- I told you guys the story. My dad would just like park on the highway and be like, <laughs> yeah. Continental Divide. <laughs> this is this is literally a picture. Yeah, of rock. that's a picture of rocks. Yeah, I took that just for you. <laughs> uh, I was like, Tobin's really missing He's out. He's gonna love this. <laughs> but it's fun. Like, there's something about it that. Yeah. Well, the fact that you say that supposedly happened in ten days. <sighs> I was like, yeah, there was a bunch of ice, and the ice got pushed and pushed and pushed, and it just. Over time, the pressure of it just carved all this fucking shit out. And you're like, no. Well, that's flooded. Yeah. yeah. And supposedly happened in 10 days. And that's where all those erratics came from. That's where how all that formed. And you can actually see the waves. As you like, yeah. Like, yeah. like on the side did, of a did road, you watch a the, gravel road. Have you watched the Joe, the Joe Rogan episode where Randall Carlson's on? It's one of the Randall Carlson episodes. But if you watch it on YouTube... Then Randall has all his photos slides and up. maps and slides up, and it's like, holy shit, he's fucking right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. When you learn, it's a cataclysmic event because that's how most things happen in uh, geology is over millions and millions and millions of years. But when you have like 
a landscape that looks severely damaged. You know, people start to hypothesize what happened here, really. Like, uh, this has this where everything else is fine. This one area just got devastated. What happened here? And I've never looked at it and thought this area looks damaged. Really? No. But everything else is like flowing and smooth, and then you see just chaos. It's just, it's that's never been uh, on my radar. I just always thought, like, oh, this is just. This is just like it was a it was a big river and the river's gotten smaller, smaller and smaller and smaller. smaller. But that's the Grand Canyon then. Yeah. That's smaller and smaller and yeah, smaller. I, and look how smooth it is. And where we I, went I've never seen it. Like well, pictures close. of the Grand Canyon, everything, those rock walls are nice and smooth over millions of years of a water erosion. Mm-hmm. But where in, we I don't were live in Arizona. But you've seen pictures. God tell me you've seen a picture of the Grand Canyon place. Only when Knievel jumped it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Dude. That's when men were men. That's yeah. what we're missing in Back society today. Back when the fucking today. snake river. Yeah. 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 That's oh, what we need. I miss evil Knievel. We need a daredevil. Dude, as a kid growing up. Travis like, Pastrana. Dude, dude not before that, like in the 80s, every like month there'd be like, Jim's getting blown up in a box Friday or like yeah. Steve's jumping seven school buses at yeah, the YMCA. The yeah. Come on Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Dude, there's Monster daredevils don't rally. exist like they yeah. used to. It yeah. used to be like a real thing. You yeah. could meet a guy in a grocery store with a suit on like Elvis and he's like, I'm a, I'm a daredevil. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping a Volkswagen later today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I miss that. You want to know why? Why? These fucking insurance companies, dude. Why? That's big, why. big pharma, pharma. <laughs> yeah. pushing them out. It's like, oh, that's too risky. We can't allow you to do that. Perform that stunt at our. There's too that's much oversight say. for insurance. Hey, God, Steve. It's the same reason I got to wear a you hard hat. Pack dynamite into the muffler of an XR250 <laughs> and do what? Yeah. yeah. I want to jump twenty helicopters. You know, that's something I think about. Like things that could have only lived in the eighties. Like daredevils don't exist, and I think there's something that could only exist in the eighties. And something I really enjoyed as a kid that I think will never be what it was back in the day is pizza places and oh, roller arcades. Rinks. Roller rink. Yeah, I was just oh, pizza place, roller rink, arcade. Yeah, you'll never see that again. Like, why don't you boys follow me down to <laughs> Linwood Rollaway? <laughs> Oh, no, and, uh, are you combine it all and and go play in the arcade and go do some bowling and drinking. There used to be that you bowling. Talk about bowls? a birthday party. Is, is there roller skating? Yeah. Are you fucking dude? I just tra- shit. I had show you another picture, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yeah, I was there. I was there probably two months ago. Oh no shit. Yeah. Uh, one of my uh, one of my buddies. Uh, wives was one of the founding members of the Rat City Roller Girls. Oh yeah. And they called me up and they were like, last minute, but. You want to go roller skating? <laughs> Absolutely, I do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Uh, yeah, that's how my dad met his girlfriend. No shit. His current girlfriend. Yeah, like ten years ago, they roller they got skating? my yeah my. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it, it's he goes, you know, my parents got divorced, and uh, he he goes, well, what was I doing before I met your mom? They met in eighth grade. He goes. I was fucking roller skating. I was burning that ring up. <laughs> yeah, he he's like, going back to yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go roller skating. <laughs> and sure as shit, goes roller skating <laughs> and no, finds no, yeah, no yeah, his lady. Holy and it was just shit. like fucking roller skating. That motherfucker can skate. Can boogie. No, Dude, yeah. he can skate faster backwards than I can forwards. No shit. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's wild, dude. All right, young men, if you're listening out there, if you want to meet women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, find a roller rink, dude. 
That's not a bad idea. I mean, it just it's fun. It's fun. Speaking Here's the thing. On, it's a novelty Speaking anymore. Speaking of things <laughs> that happened in the 80s, going to roller rink to meet girls. Oh, yeah. Now I feel like it's fucking sketchy snowball, to dude. go to roller <laughs> rinks. <laughs> like you go to a roller rink today, it's kind of sketchy. Well, I, I, I grew up going. Open. Oh, it's, uh, there, there, dude, one just opened up in eastern Washington, I like guess. A like a new one? Yeah. Sounds oh, right. Wow. Well, maybe it's coming back. It All is right. coming back. Make America great again. Yeah. No. Roller one rinks. skate at a time. Roller rinks and arcades, man. And pizza places. So if if more pe- I think that's probably a uh, uh, indication of a good area. Area or era? Area. Is if you have a pizza, pizza place places. and a roller. Like yeah. The more pizza places you have, yeah. it's, I think it's like better area though New the York? higher likelihood of getting shot the better food you're gonna find <laughs> that's true yeah if you want if you want some vietnamese or thai or cambodian food yeah you gotta get gunned up the best the <laughs> without question <laughs> one one of the best places what's the grenade launcher for <laughs> we're getting fun tonight boys yeah we're, we're getting uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah going back to vietnam um the uh there's a place called the Cajun crawfish, mm-hmm. in off of Martin Luther King. Oh, no oh yeah, now we're good. I've been lo- I've oh. been looking for good Cajun food, dude. This place is my mouth is starting to water already. Oh, like, really? the, dude, oh my Might god, go they they come and they give you this bag and you just order by the pound, right? Or you yeah. get like half pound increments of like, oh, I want shrimp, snow crab, king crab, Dungeness, uh, crawfish. I mean, you go down the list, and then it comes out, and then like you can get uh, sausage links in there too. I think, or maybe that's just in it. Um, and they it has corn and sausage and like this potato, yeah, like, yeah the and potatoes, and yeah. yeah, yeah. And they Fuck bring yes. that out and they set it in this big old fucking bag and just yep. set it on the table in front of you, and it yep. just like here All we right. go, dude. Right, and we're gonna have to make a. Uh, my mouth is, yeah, <laughs> watering, dude. <laughs> that, that's yeah. my kind of spot. No, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Bring yeah, your, but those areas, like you say, I had a buddy that lived, uh, it's like you have MLK and Beacon Hill right next to each other. One of them is the richest of rich, yeah. and the other is the poorest of poor. But you go down in that MLK area, and it's like, dude, you get good food. There's barbecue restaurants. There's Asian places. There's, like you said, the crawfish. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's good. You got to strap up, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, worth it. Yeah, dude. Worth it. I'd, I'd get shot for that food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how good it is. Oh, my God. If dude. I could, I'd, you know what I'd like to do? With all the cooking we were talking about and doing, I really would like to do a crawfish boil. Yes, that would be fun. Oh, oh yeah, we should do it out the ri- like. We'll have to make yeah, a plan to record out at the river once or twice, and then yeah, we could do some sort of fireside uh, cookout mm-hmm. while we're there. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. killer. God, now you guys are making me hungry. I'm not even thinking about aliens. yeah. Well, let's no, hang now on. I'm what thinking do you think? about grabbing food down on MLK, <laughs> and we could do it like. Uh, we and went from the Younger Dryas to MLK Crawfish <laughs> yeah, real about, quick. I'm about to take it to uh, yeah, hold on, off-book CIA operations in, in Mosul, Iraq, which is, there was a liquor store. And so, like, once a month, we'd be like, fuck, we need to go get a couple flats of beer and some bottles of whiskey and whatnot. A couple flats of and, beer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we filled two trunks. So, um, Humvee full of it. But we would, we would pull up in front of that liquor store, like, bank heist style, like drivers stay in the cars, passengers jump out, run inside, yeah. and I, you know the guy knew us, yeah. and so he he knew that when he saw us pull up outside, to the like, beer bandits are back. Yeah, exactly. We'll just start piling. <laughs> he he would just start piling shit on the counter, and so we'd run in and just throw like a wad of hundred dollar bills, 
yeah. and then grab all these flats of beer. And he'd my be, favorite customer, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He'd be throwing us, you know, sliding bottles of uh, yeah. Jack Daniels across the counter. You know what I mean? And so it was like one minute or less. Run in yeah. and just hauling ass out with all this alcohol <laughs> to take back to the fucking back to the fob and party. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, how? What was the furthest place? That's one thing, like Starbucks. Yeah. Right? Because I'm just thinking liquor store. Dude, if they pulled up as a tactical <laughs> unit and do a Starbucks, uh, that would you guys, you guys have the impossible sausage? Well, <laughs> if you did it in a how Starbucks about, here. What about alternate milks? Well, do you have soy milk or maybe I, <laughs> almond milk? That's that's no. one of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only goat milk. Uh, yeah. That's one thing that, like, you know, you go to a liquor store and you get whiskey that's like Jack Daniels is being distributed way the fuck out there. Yeah. Oh, well, it was considered like an expensive import. So it was expensive there because it was it was an import. It had come from fucking Tennessee. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's a true yeah. whiskey. Or, yeah. or, and we'd know. buy uh, Tuborg beer, which came from Turkey, which was pretty gross. But Bud- <laughs> Budweiser was fucking expensive. What did it taste like? Yeah. If you could... Kind of like a shitty Heineken. Like, okay. I don't, yeah. Like a home I lager like or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Heineken. I don't like Heineken. I'm a big fan. You know, you're so, talking. That, that's, that's a. Um, dang it. What was the. Uh, not Vietnamese. Yeah. Viet, Dutch Viet, Holland? Vietnamese. Well, the French were in Vietnam. The, um, Camaro Rouge. Cambodian. Oh, Cambodian. Um, my dad's buddy. Cambodian. Took him. They, they went down to. Uh, <laughs> California and yeah. then they he bought a car down there and they came back up and they stopped that they were they were at this uh restaurant or there I'm sorry they were at this pool at the hotel and there was another Cambodian guy there and he was like hey you know you you know of a place we can go hang out and like get some beers and have a good time and uh the guy was like yeah but is your your white buddy here cool <laughs> oh god they were like i mean because oh, when white guys drink yeah. they like want to get in fights and stuff is he a oh. cool dude like and my dad they was like oh yeah he's cool and my dad was like i'm no i'm a lover not a fighter kind of thing and uh <laughs> then the guy's like are you sure like be cool be cool and he's like yeah no it's cool so they end up going to the spot and i guess like he, my dad said he walked in and it was just like nothing but like cambodian or vietnamese and asian people and he was just like Holy shit. And he was like, the record stopped when I walked in. And they all just oh, like yeah. looked over at me. Yeah. And they had the people that sat them, sat them in the very front row of this, like, and it was like a triangle. Yeah. And they took them from the exit or from the exit and the entrance to the very front and like this one table. And they're sitting there and he's like, oh, fuck, like, this is kind of awkward. Yeah. You know, and he was like, everybody is drinking Heineken. And he was like, it was Heineken, coagulated duck blood, and peanuts. And he was like, that was what people were getting down with. I'm not mad and, at two out of the three. Yeah, and he was like, fuck it. Like, I'm I'm here. I'm going to do this. And he was like, one thing that they did is anytime one person drank, they would cheers. And if you cheers with somebody and you didn't drink, you're an asshole. So it'd just be all of a sudden just clank, 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 clank. And it would just like be a wave of oh, like cheers through the fucking place and everybody would be drinking and my dad's like this place is fucking trip and then next thing you know the guy that was like hey is your buddy cool got shit housed and started like causing a scene and then it ended up being like he pulled out a wad of cash 
or like one of their buddies pulled out a wad of cash and like set it on the table because he was trying to get some some lady to sing for him doing karaoke and it was just it was a shit scene anyway turns out it was some sort of a gang bar and they almost got the shit kicked out of them was this in the u.s this was in california California. i was was just gonna say there's uh i worked with a vietnamese guy on construction sites and he would come in on like monday tuesday morning with wild stories about being out with all his vietnamese buddies (laughs) doing coke and going to like (laughs) underground gambling places and i'm like I'm picturing it like Saigon during the war or some yeah. shit like that, like, except somewhere in Seattle, you know, underground kind of speakeasy types yeah. around Seattle. Dude, there's But the stories he would come in with after, it was like, holy shit, that goes on here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And you barely understand what he was saying. But yeah. I went to a long time, my buddy, his roommate worked at some bunch of clubs. He was like a cook, like, you know, the guys that cook the hot dogs outside the clubs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Pioneer Square and Belltown. And so he knew everyone. So I went out to Seattle one time with my friend. We went to this place a long time ago called Club Venom. Club Venom. Meet me in Venom. And like everyone I go there. Dude, I didn't know it was an Asian club. Nothing against it. I'm like, we're all having a good time. I stood, I was the only white, my buddy and I were the only white guys there. Dude, we were made of pussy repellent. Like <laughs> no one would talk Hang to on. us. Was, was this I've never this felt weekend, racism Mike, more in my life than being there. But like we were the white guys, and no one wanted anything to do with us. Huh. And we, I remember I went into the bathroom, and there's a bathroom attendant. I had a few beers, you know. I'm not crazy or anything, but I'm just like, dude, what, what? Because I didn't know what this was an Asian club. I'm like, dude, what's going on here? I can't talk to any of these girls. And this guy, this black guy, working the bathroom time, he's like, man, you're in trouble. <laughs> is all he said. <laughs> it was like, all right. I took a lollipop and left. <laughs> man, Take a lollipop and get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of there. Oh, but I remember, shit. dude, I, I was like the plague in there. No one wanted anything to do with me. Yeah. All right, so younger drives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I walked into a, a black bar one time after a comedy show. Yeah. Uh, uh, where was it? First beer South, I ever South bought Ritten? literally was in a gay bar. What? So I, I finished. I turned, <laughs> and the last beer. <laughs> <laughs> First beer you bought who? Legally. Oh, was in a gay bar? Yep. I turned 21 in <laughs> ranger school. And, and after, I just wanted to. Yeah, I was I just, thirsty. I just needed some attention. Um, after grad, my dad came down for graduation, and then I had like a four day weekend before I had to be back at Fort Lewis. So we went down to Savannah to like yeah. just check out, like cool city. Um, and so the first night we're there, he, my brother was young at the time, like thirteen. So they're going to bed at eight nine o'clock, and I was like, I'm twenty two or twenty one years old. I just graduated Ranger School. I'm going out on the town. I'm like. And so I walk out the door and just start walking up, I think, the riverfront street there, whatever it's called. And uh, first, I've never been to a bar before, other than, like, a couple little dives around uh, Fort Benning that would let 19-year-olds in. Yeah. Basically in hotel lobbies, right? <laughs> and uh, so I see the first place I see on the left has, uh, it's, like, got loud dance music. I was like, eh, it's not my scene. And then, like, half a block up, it's just kind of like, Oak bar, pool table, a couple dudes shooting pool. And I was like, oh. Seems that nice. Looks a little more my little more my speed. So yeah. I walk in. <laughs> and it is. And everybody starts staring at me. And I was like, Jesus, what the fuck? I was like, 
all right, I'm pretty so like 21 years old, just graduated Ranger School. A hard body, Tobin. No, oh, emaciated body <laughs> at that point. But still fucking full of myself yeah. and full of piss and vinegar. So I sit at the bar and order a Budweiser, and I it's pay Bud for Light, it. Light, wasn't it? Yeah. That's <laughs> it, that's it. And uh, I'm looking around. I'm like, God, there is not a single female in here. What the fuck? And uh, all of a sudden it hit me, and I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> and so I, re- I just turned around. I put five bucks on the bar with like a beer that I'd taken two drinks out of, and jumped up and hauled ass out of there. <laughs> you didn't finish. Probably could have got a couple free ones out. Yeah, of Yeah, dude, I would have milked the shit out of that. I, I, I I'd be showing were... thigh in three seconds. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever drank at a gay bar? I've done it a couple yeah, oh times. Yeah. I did karaoke once. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Whitney Houston. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do it. No. I shut that shit down. So I've seen this chick and she lived on Capitol Hill, you know, and you know, I was like early 20s and stuff. And I went over to her house and we went out and we got food and it's like, let's just bar hop around town. So I we went bar hopping and she's like, this is a gay bar, but the karaoke's fucking awesome. I'm like, let's do it. And so we go there and we opened the door and it was like straight out of a movie. Like we Moulin op- Rouge. Dude, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we open the she opens the door. She's like, check this out. And she opens the door and there's this little twink guy like on stage and oh, he's got God. a microphone and he's singing. And he goes, oh, what's that Gwen Stefani song? Uh, ain't no holler back. I've been around the block and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, that and then Wait, he how's goes, it go? Been around the girl. block and son, son, girl. And then she goes, I ain't no holla back, girl. And then this little dude hands out the microphone to the crowd. And like a thousand gay guys are like, I ain't no holla back, girl. <laughs> and like the place was rumbling. And she's like, get ready. And it was fucking out of control, oh man. It was just insane. Just yeah. guys were partying so hard. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah they well, were. Yeah, I How remember. hard? Super hard. <laughs> Pelaloo hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh what the hell is that place? The Been around where they the have world. like a bunch of like really nice <laughs> corn dogs. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, there's a there's seven eleven? No, they have like like really nice corn dogs, like gourmet corn dogs. Like um, a nightclub or a gay yeah, bar? Yeah, it's a, it's a nightclub, but it's like a gay bar. But it's uh, dude, some bar food. I mean, Seattle is famous for the cream cheese hot dog. Yeah. And when you've been drinking and you're downtown, oh, Soto, dude. no, son, you get that. That's another one that we deployed to Afghanistan on the night before we went out and got drunk in Seattle. And when we got home six months later, we found half of a cream cheese hot dog under the seat in Greg's car. <laughs> no mold, no, just like the McDonald's cheeseburger, man. That thing was it held good to go. Go. fucking pristine. <laughs> That's uh, an artifact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a time relic. Jeez. Yeah, I think that place is called the Unicorn. Is that on Capitol Hill? Yeah. Yes, I've been there. Yeah. Have you ever that's been That's a gay bar? That's a... It, I mean, every Capitol bar Hill, on dude. Capitol Hill is probably yeah. a gay bar. But, uh... The Ivan crew used to roll out to, uh... Um... Oscars all the time on mm. Queen Anne. Okay. So Queen Anne is Hedro Hill, right? Oh. So that's where all the straight people go. But, like, that's just a meat market in there. Just, just, just trying to get laid. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but everybody is. So like, yeah, oh. it's like swimming around with a bunch of sharks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, d- I don't miss being twenty five. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like I think back about the times of being young and just running, chasing, you know, and it's like, boy, it seems like so much extra effort to imagine being like a lot of energy to be (laughs) in your 50s, though, and like to put that effort into it. You know, (laughs) you're giving yourself a pep talk in the mirror before you go out. You're not going to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We are staying out past 730. God damn it. Oh, my God. Seems so lame. But I feel like that's like a almost a better scene to be into now you know you got that and like you can go to like a like a a wine bar or like a, a lounge you know what i mean like it feels more cultured maybe or there's more wineries around and the area is getting more affluent yeah but then it goes back to being easy is I'm, it better to be in a dive bar with just, some fucking ogre that you're trying to hook up with or, you know, <laughs> or do you want, you know, or are you going to live that simple life with this woman with no problems? She has no calluses. You know how much is firewood this bitch is split, Jordan? Zero. Zero. So you want a woman of integrity. You want that old divey woman. You don't want your wine bar. You don't want your charcuterie board. You don't want any of that, buddy. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Solid point. Yeah, built for <laughs> longevity, dude. Uh, you know, Ew. not enough compression to fuck up. Uh, I remember going into Redmond and seeing like these two older ladies. And I was like, they're pretty good looking ladies here. And I'm just at some random bar and, you know, nice grill, you know. And um, softball team was there? No, no. It was uh, all of a sudden there's a uh, couple couple young guys like my age and these gals were i was like 22 23 um and they're probably in their like mid to late 40s mm-hmm. and uh i was like oh that's kind of nice i guess they both brought their sons along for <laughs> lunch and having a nice little lunch and all of a sudden i was like they're starting to touch them a little bit too aggressive the, and like that mom's nice. Yeah. <laughs> then I saw like her rub the inside of this dude's this, mom's really this nice. Kids thigh, you know. And I was just like, oh, these they're hooking up. Holy shit. Like this is reality out here. These like, you know, cougars. That was my first sight sighting of a cougar. My brother was nearly taken by a cougar at Mount Hood. We <laughs> were up there skiing. She came uh she came into the bar aggressive, like hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just uh, prowling. Oh yeah, yeah locked locked on to him. <laughs> And uh, she was going to get him by the back of the neck and take him home. We had to, we'd get him out. We had to rescue him. Yeah, to smack a couple sticks together. <laughs> you said your brother. Yeah. What is how older or younger? Younger, six years younger. So he's a uh, he's an interesting cat. He's a uh, green beret, um, oh. a- eighteen delta medic, and now he is a surgical resident at University of Tennessee. Okay. So oh. at, at some point, if we get him out here to the West Coast, he'll absolutely sit down on the show. Really? Oh, yeah. I, well, he doesn't know it yet, but he will. <laughs> Sounds like cool. <laughs> Jordan will hold him down. Exactly. I mean, I'll help, too, but he'll do most of I the can, lifting. I'm 43, and he's, I guess, 37. I can still kick that ass. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. What a bitch. What's his name? Evan. Evan? Hear that, Evan? I don't think he listens. Oh, fuck you, Evan. I'm going to find <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't listen. Fuck him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you are, let's go. Yeah. Do you have siblings? I do. I got one brother. One brother. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're talking about him. <clears throat> I got an older brother, 18 months older. And then, uh, but I I was raised with a fucking 
heap of kids. You yeah. know, my mom was like, he has Mother a Chevelle that doesn't run in his yard. No, it runs. Oh, what? Oh yeah, Wait, what? I oh, run and drive that thing. I got okay. that. Was your mom like a foster mom or a daycare mom or something or a school? Uh, mom? She did respite care for special ed kids, but that's not it. Oh. Don't make fun of me. Uh, no, uh, my, my it was always uh, <laughs> it was it was always my dad. My dad and my uncle were always hanging out, right? So yeah. then it was my aunt and my mom. So that put, you know, my two cousins and me and my brother together. Oh. And then she always had like my god brother and sister. So those kids would come around and then my dad's buddies, kids, Jesus. Josh and Brittany. So all of a sudden you start adding it up and it ends up being like nine kids running around with my fucking mom. Jesus. And like it's like there's no no seatbelts. Like just oh, jump no. in the the, <laughs> the van and let's go. And we go. Red, and and it wasn't like it wasn't like we stuck at home either. It was like, oh, let's we're going to the beach, and all yeah. the kids would load up. And we had a great childhood. Like we did a bunch of crazy shit, but it was like just kids constantly. Yeah, one so. of my good buddies growing up, he had like I think he was like one of five children or something crazy, but like. They were always doing stuff, and it was like, could I come? And they're like, we don't care. I, I don't even know how many we have. Just get the fuck in. Yeah. You yeah. know, at that point, they're like, everyone in and we're out. You yeah, know? let's go. And so, like, growing yeah. up, I, because I was an only child, so I always gravitated towards uh, friends that had brothers and sisters yeah. and, like, family, because I kind of liked it. That's uh -huh. funny. My dad was a volunteer ski patrolman at Loop Loop on uh, Sundays. So Sundays, it was kind of the same shit, like, Hey, whoever's here, get in the station wagon. We're, we're going skiing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we'd have like fucking nine kids in the back of the station wagon. All yeah. the skis just bungee, to, uh, bungee yeah. corded up to the roof. <laughs> yeah. It looked like the Griswolds. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Those, that, that was like the golden years of like yeah. being American. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The 80s and 90s. Just make it happen. That's what I mean if, about if what that we're watching 80s is thing. The slide into the like the fall of america then the 80s and 90s were the pinnacle i think like i i was thinking about it the other day and there was something special about like harry and the hendersons yeah when they're loaded up they got all their camping gear they're ripping down the the roads in washington yeah with the uh station wagon woody that and jeep station wagon oh, kind of thing it, i thought it was a crossover wasn't oh, it i'm like thinking a, griswolds griswolds had the woody with yeah, the yeah, wood yeah, paneling yeah. Down but there. that jeep has that wood paneling oh, do they have a jeep yeah. okay i thought it was like a jeep either, either way they're they're ripping around and it's just like like deer and it's just like it's what you like what we see in washington but like that that kind of thing that kind of shit special like the carefreeness of it the of carefreeness and like because that's cause i remember that as a kid i yeah. remember going yeah. down we had all our shit loaded up, up we crawfish lake for three nights and, and but like, there was nobody fuck, there yeah exactly. it was yeah. like we go we there was so much more room to go to places and just like have an adventure and it wasn't like yeah. you were going to see anybody for the weekend it was like you when you're going camping we're not going to like a fucking a camping KOA. spot where yeah, you like had to reserve it a year ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. there there was nothing like that. I don't know that my family ever went and paid for fucking camping. Yeah, anywhere. Like yeah. I remember, then the one time I think we did actually, we had to fucking beat off. <laughs> that <doesn't, laughs> <never> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we we had to we had to fucking uh, defend ourselves <laughs> and our food. Against a shitload of raccoons. Oh, damn. But, uh, <laughs> not beat off a bunch of raccoons. No, uh, they put you right next to a dumpster. So, somebody oh, called PETA. Well, no, yeah. it was like, there was just raccoons everywhere, and we were out on the coast, and there was a little, like, trail, but the trail was, like, 
maybe six foot tall and like there was trees growing all over it. So you kind of had to like duck through there and like you felt like you were walking through this stuff and it was like a hundred yards and then yeah. you'd come out and it was the beach and you'd grab some like beech wood and bring it back up and bring it, throw it on the fire. But in that whole time, uh, a bunch of raccoons were like circling us <laughs> as we were walking through this shit. And then um, we're... Whatever you do, don't trip. We had this little RV and we were in that and all of a sudden you'd see him like jump up on the picnic table and grab food and run off. And my dad was fucking pissed. He was like, you know. And <laughs> These dirty vermin. Yeah, and all of a sudden one of them <laughs> jumped up and went to grab something and my dad pulls uh, like... Uh, it was a cross between a branch and a log <laughs> out of the fire, and it's got, like, embers on the end of it. <laughs> nice. And he fucking comes down on the top of this raccoon's head just as it's it sees him, turns around, and tries <laughs> jumping off the fucking table, and he comes down and just oh, on the top of it, and it hit the ground and ran. <laughs> and then from then on, it was like, they're after us. Like, these things are going to kill. They got – now they're pissed. Yeah. You pissed them off. I mean, because it didn't – hurt it or kill yeah. it i mean it hurt it hopefully but yeah. it was like the one with the singed head it's gonna get me <laughs> like and like so yeah and then we ended up flicking a a marshmallow one of them one of them grabbed a marshmallow and sat there for like a half hour fucking picking marshmallow out of its fur because <laughs> it was all melted you know and he's just like fuck and he just sat there like it was the funniest damn thing yeah uh, but yeah, those. I mean, the the '90s golden era of. I think all '80s it, '90s was probably for the, me anyway. I was no. I think I, I just want to acknowledge that we've had owl stories and goose stories. Now we have a raccoon story. Raccoon. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think I have a raccoon story. Yeah. I need to go on there. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was one of the funniest things I remember. Just we were all sitting there, just cracking up at this thing, picking marshmallow out of its fur because <laughs> you know they're so de- dexterous with their yeah, fingers yeah, yeah. and hands they're and little it just, people it, it was like what the f- oh <laughs> it was hilarious i feel like that would be kozak if he had chest hair <laughs> yeah no it'll, it'll come i can still pick marshmallow off my body <laughs> i mean can you tell <laughs> uh, oh god damn no i agree with you that the 80s and 90s were probably the pinnacle i th- i one might argue that maybe even the 80s uh, where the height, I mean, we were coming off the gas crisis of the 70s, but the 80s into the 90s, I think I think free love finally finished in the 80s, you know, because that's kind of when AIDS started yeah. and things maybe with the crack epidemic started to turn a little bit with society breaking down. But, I, yeah, I, I think that 80s time period... And maybe we're, I'm nostalgic. We're all nostalgic because we are from that time era. And maybe everyone says that when I was a kid, it was uh, the I've, best. I've talked to my mom about it. She says the same thing. She says the 90s were the peak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's getting VCRs. Everyone's getting. And you know, what, you know what's actually wild is that was Bill Clinton as president. And as much as like he's tied into like sort of the, the globalist agenda, his platform is one that I would support today, where it was like downsize yeah. the military, pull us back out of all these wars. Um, well, I guess I, he, I guess the like the one world trade stuff I don't agree with, but yeah, like his. But his, our national budget, he got into the black yeah, instead of the yeah, red. He balanced the budget, and it's like for once. Shit. Could could someone please fucking do yeah. downsize the military, pull us out of all these wars, and balance the budget? That would be great. Yeah, and during his time, I mean, like they said. Uh, I think it was one of his uh, speeches, State of the Union. So it was like, this is a great time because if anyone wants a job, go walk down any street and you'll find someone that wants to hire you. The 
U.S. is booming. The economy is booming. Yeah. Prosperity is booming. Yeah. All right. It's been two hours, gentlemen. Oh, shoot. We're just kind of rambling and bullshitting. Should we uh, Should we call it? I, I, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. It's so fun. Hopefully you guys uh, are enjoying what we're putting out. Yeah. Um, and on that note, if you are, please go to either Spotify or Apple Podcast and leave us a review. It helps us. Um, as a new show, trying to kind of spread the word, it, it the more reviews we get, the more those uh, platforms sort of put us in front of potential new listeners, you know, sort of as they're scrolling randomly through. Um, so if you like the show, first of all, share it with your friends so they see it, and then leave us a review because it helps spread the word. All right, that's all I got for you guys.